right. A lot of fun new stuff. I was getting back, uh, sitting to, blah, 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 blah. I was getting to sit back there where Kelsey normally does in the, I guess, the control system chair or the captain's chair. It is quite an electronic uh, tech show we've got back here to be able to do these broadcasts. And it's fun to see on the video all of our backdrop and everything. Oh, yeah. It's really pretty. I kind of dress for the occasion. <laughs> we mostly wear Aloha shirts, but hopefully this one goes in, minus the birds of paradise, maybe. <laughs> and I was noticing how this one here looks like it's pointing at you, like yeah. you're in trouble. <laughs> and this one over here, when you see it on the video, it's like blessing me over my head. So. Oh, I get it. I'm in trouble and he's blessed. Right. Okay. Because it's usually start. It's, it's usually the other way around. <laughs> so I take any opportunity I can bring that up. So this is the Jim and Brian Little Humor Show before we begin. Um, no sweaty butt crack jokes today, so thank God for everybody. And I'm saying that you had to be there because I know there are a few new people on today. So welcome if you're watching and you're new to all of this. Uh, hopefully, whoever told you about us um, gave you a little bit of an idea what we're, what we're doing here in the format, and it showed it, of course, in the beginning. So in a little bit, after I get done talking and goofing off, we'll go ahead and move into a meditation, and after the meditation, Jim and I will uh, do some sharing, so then we'll take a break and come back after the break for Q&A time. Um, and all that, Kelsey already said a lot. Just, uh, I just want to say it over again because we're really excited for it because usually whenever we get done with a class, there's so many like key points people want to hear again, and they're always emailing, calling Kelsey, and she's like, oh, my God. They're all like, when can you put it up on there? When, when can we listen to it again? Well, now you can instantly. If you want to listen to the talks, do the meditation, or even go back to one of the questions um, that we answered during the broadcast, literally as soon as we're done, you will literally, right on the website itself, be able to go back and re-listen instantaneously. And it's like a DVR, some of you are familiar with that, that you can actually fast forward, pause, back up, do whatever you want, um, you know, to get to the spots that you really want to listen to. It, of course, will be unedited and raw, which to me is the best, because why would you want to miss the humor that we do here? So. <laughs> <laughs> so, as well as that, again, please, just, I know we're such a technology-weird, you know, society now, and we are too, obviously, we wouldn't be able to do this if it wasn't the case, but during this time, I, I really do ask, if you can, to turn off your cell phones, your phones, create the environment right there at home, so that you can really, you know, get the most out of this time that we have together like this. Because a lot of what does actually happen when we come together, where the whole action of two or more are gathered, well, even though there's only four of us right here doing the broadcast, that we have, you know, one, 200 people online usually listening. And believe it or not, there's no distance in the Spirit. So even though you may not be present here in the room, that action of the Holy Spirit that we share and present here really is a collective of all of us together. And I know we haven't probably said this for a while, but since there are some new people, it might be nice to state again that the action we do here in Inner Light Ministries, this action of meditation, soul transcendence, liberation, freedom, spiritual awakening, we've got all kinds of names for it, 
really is an action of the Holy Spirit awaking in us to the divine that we are. And in so doing, when we do a class like this, we come together, that action of oneness, we, as we focus into that, it literally brings us together in a focus of oneness and loving. And in that focus of oneness and loving, then collectively, all of us watching, listening together, the Holy Spirit works with each of us individually and together as a group so that when we present here, a lot of the information we present will literally be in the moment and be speaking to whatever that is within each individual gathering at this time. If you notice, we don't have notes, we don't have any scriptures, we don't have anything that we read off of or, or utilize. What we do in the moment is truly go inside and attune ourselves to that action of the Holy Spirit as it flows through all of us. And the only difference with Jim and I is that we've been, in a sense, doing this for so long in our own personal journeys of awakening that awakening and oneness that we have moved into in this action, that God utilizes our bodies, our consciousness as vehicles to really present and share that inner truth that is true within each of us, that which we could call divine or spiritual or loving or God, any name you want to give it, just a movement of pure consciousness and in that pure consciousness, we are all one. And in that oneness, all is known. So all we attempt to do here is share that knownness out of that collective oneness and consciousness. This may not make any sense if you're new and listening, and even those who've been around for a while, whenever they try to describe what we're doing here, they're not even sure often. <laughs> so we just know to present the information and that's what we do here. We present the information as we understand and according to our own experience, because we understand that as we share our own experience that it'll speak to that truth that is within all of us. And that's what we're attempting to do. As that truth is acknowledged, that which is spiritual, that is divine within all of us, in the sharing and the movement of the Holy Spirit here and now, in that action is where it begins to stir that truth awake within us. So this time together really is a sacred time because we come together with a focus on oneness. Our intention is to awaken to the divinity within ourselves, to do, be in the loving, to know the loving through our own personal experience. And the greatest action we can take to do that is really to go inside into meditation which we'll be moving into here shortly. I just, again, wanted to give a, at least a brief introduction to those of you that are new, so you have at least an idea. I won't say an understanding. Believe me, it can take years to have understanding, but all we need is an idea, and then to follow through with action steps. It is in the doing, not only that things get done, but in getting things done, we have our experience. And that's the key in all this. We want you to have your experience. We're not here to preach, to tell you what is right or true. We're just sharing our experience in hopes that it might spark or move or stir that awake within you so that you can really come to know that truth within yourself through your experience, not ours, not to take us at our word, not to necessarily trust or believe anything we say, 
but in our sharings, if it moves or stirs something within you, to look to that, to pay attention so that you awaken to really know that divinity within you. Whether it's during the time in meditation or whether it's while we're talking or during Q&A or at any time, eyes open, eyes closed, doesn't matter. We have to pay attention within ourselves to really know the difference. When I say difference, I mean that which is of spirit and that which is of the mind, emotions, and body. And that's where the learning is. But we have to pay attention and focus, have awareness, have intention of what we're doing in this time together right now, and to take the time and make an effort so that we really have that experience that we can come to know. Because that movement of spirit at this level physically is so subtle that most of humanity misses it. That's why it takes time to have some type of practice or technique that we do over and over to attune and align ourselves to that spiritual essence or frequency. I've heard it given as a description before. I remember Jim used to do this years ago, saying it's much like a radio frequency. Just like on the old radio dials, you could turn a dial and as that needle moved, it would change radio stations. And as you really moved it slow, you'd hear a lot of static and as you zeroed in on that particular frequency of a radio station that you could hear it clearly. But then when you move the needle off of that, you were moving off of that frequency over to some other frequency and then it'd get all staticky and then change and as soon as you tuned into another radio station and the more you were right on that specific frequency, you could hear it clearly. That's what we're doing here. The action of meditation that we teach is very specific. It's a very certain radio station. It's WGOD. <laughs> and our substation is WSOUL. <laughs> so the W is for with God and with soul. Yeah, there's my bad humor. Get used to it. <laughs> but that's what we're doing here. We're really tuning into those specific frequencies that are of God, of our soul, of the Holy Spirit, and all of that in union. Because our soul has been focused down and out and scattered our attention everywhere, so we're looking and tuning into all these other frequencies, because that's how we have experience. So all we're doing here in this time together now is bringing our focus inwards and upwards in a tuning our frequency with that, that is what we call loving or God, the Holy Spirit, the soul. And the more we can do that, the more we will actually experience that frequency. And then also in that, have that divine communion in which we can even have inner communication. We, we may even hear that still small voice of God, that action of the Holy Spirit as it speaks to us. Most of the time that speaking comes not only in words, which we can literally hear words directly. That's what most people usually listen to. They're waiting for a message, which is usually just information. Why not open up to however God speaks to us? Because in truth, God speaks to us in every way possible. But if we allow our inner senses to come alive, just like we have our five physical senses, well, if we have our inner hearing, we can listen 
to not only that still small inner voice, but the inner sounds. Ever heard of the wind of the Holy Spirit? Sounds of nature, running water, musical instruments, angels singing. There's many different sounds. That's why we call this a path of sound and light. And so we want to listen with the inner ear of the soul to hear the inner sounds of that action of that voice of God. We have the vision. So the eye of the soul, a lot of people think of the third eye. Really, the third eye is that place by which the soul, the single eye of the soul, can begin to hear in our own consciousness as it is seated right here, as we call it the seat of the soul. This place where the soul is, as it looks down and through our body, we have physical experience and physical awareness, and the soul is experiencing all that is of the physical nature. But as the soul begins to raise its focus and attention, which is what we're doing in meditation, and we begin to peer more out, we begin to look above the physical into those realms we could call metaphysical, such as the astral, causal, or mental, or etheric, which is another way of saying the psychic realms, the imagination, the emotions, the mind, the unconscious. And then if you even look higher, ever looking higher, this upper section, as we look up within ourselves and the soul turns its attention now to the highest aspect, that focus is where we begin to see the inner light, that golden white light of God. Much, it appears much like our sun here. But all we have to do is look up, up, not physically. I'm doing it physically so you get the idea, but really it's in our attention. Our attention, we're looking in and up. We go into meditation, we close our eyes, and that's to really let go of our focus in the physical and then raise our attention as high as we can here. Often we'll start feeling it, usually in the lower part of the forehead at first, almost between the eyebrows, but we want to start raising it higher and higher. You'll start even feeling a slight sensation of pressure right here on your forehead. And then the higher you look with your attention, you can even feel it start to move, move up and up, even on the very top of your head. And it may get to the point where you feel it as a 360-degree circle, like you're wearing a hat, and feeling that sensation, the slight pressure or tingling around the whole top of the head. So in meditation, we want to focus as high as we can, looking and listening for that inner light and sound. And in here, as we focus in and look for that light, that highest aspect is the white and then the golden light. But as that light comes into this physical creation, it acts much like a prism. When you hold a prism up to the sunlight, you guys remember that in school? But that's so fun. It'd break it down to the rainbows. That one white light would now be all these other colors. Well, all those other colors are different frequencies of that one white light. So as that white light of the Holy Spirit comes into the physical creation and hits the surface of this creation, which is often like a lake, we call it the lake of reflection in here, or the ocean of life, when it hits that, it breaks that light down into a prism of all these other frequencies. And the highest frequency of the prism is purple. And then it goes down to blue and green. So as it goes down in frequency, we get the different colors. 
So in meditation, even though we may really be looking for the highest aspect of the white and gold, be aware also, it is very common in here as we do this meditation, we'll see a purple light as we're looking inside on that inner light, and sometimes a blue or pink, and even all the other colors as we go down the frequencies. But that higher frequency of the purple light and the golden white is where we're really tuning now to that action of the Holy Spirit as it comes right out of the realms of spirit. And as we're doing this meditation, we attune ourselves to that frequency, our own soul and our whole consciousness here on every level to love God with our body, mind, heart, and soul. So we want to bring everything into alignment and that inwards and upwards focus. So we come up here and look up. And begin to now move that inner dial, that needle now, on that frequency of the divinity, of pure loving. So that's what we're doing here. And then we talk about it a lot and do a lot of Q&A. <laughs> but we always start with meditation. So that's my little introduction there uh, to meditation, if you're new, or a uh, reminder if you've been around for a while. So what we're going to do now is actually move into the meditation. And just to let you know, again, if you're new, the meditation we usually do around 30 minutes or so, give or take. And usually myself or Jim will lead us into the meditation, so we may speak a few minutes just to give us direction and focus. And then at some point, after we're done leading in, we'll spend some time in silence so that we can all go deeper within ourselves and not have any outer distractions, including our voices. <clears throat> and then after a time of silence, we'll go ahead and begin to now speak again and lead you out of the meditation. And after that, we'll go ahead and, Jim and I will go ahead and do a sharing. And our sharings are always about this action of the Holy Spirit and all that we're doing here in Inner Light Ministries of the soul's awakening and liberation. So with that, <clears throat> well, before I do, did you have anything else you'd like to? No, that's okay. fine. Thank you. All right. So with that, just go ahead and get yourself comfortable, whether you're sitting up or laying down. It's all fine. I would just suggest that you let your body be comfortable so it doesn't distract you from this time of where we're going to focus inwardly. It's that inner focus of where we place our attention that is important here. So make that important. Have that as a clear intention within you that as we move into meditation now, that you have a one-pointed focus and that focus is on God, on loving. Because really, God is loving. And so if we look at this action of meditation where we focus within to attune ourselves with God. That in truth, what we're doing is sharing our loving, our light with God directly, our creator. And also in meditation, it's a time to receive God's love for us. As I said, through that light and sound is often how we'll begin to perceive spiritually through the eye of the soul, the ear of the soul. And as I even mentioned, even feeling Sometimes you may even taste or smell an essence of spirit. <clears throat> it's often been referred to as the milk and honey, the sweet nectar, the omritsar, 
the elixir of life. There's been many references to this inner essence of loving. So allow all the inner senses to become awake and aware as we go within. If you'd like, you can close your eyes now and just begin to bring your attention now to the seat of the soul, that spiritualized center that I referenced earlier that is above the eyebrows, the center of the forehead, the top of the head. <clears throat> Just allowing the body to relax and become receptive so that you can begin to perceive. So body relaxes, we let go of our physical attention and now begin to move to our spiritual attention so we can perceive that inner light and sound of God. And if you're a feeler like me, you may feel those sensations on the top of your head and forehead. You may even feel that loving just pour through your body, often called a quickening. You may even get that chicken skin, goosebumps, or feel this wonderful wave of peace just move through you. These are just few of the common and simple ways by which that Holy Spirit moves. And when we say the Holy Spirit, that's the way we reference the movement of God's loving. It is through that Holy Spirit that we, the soul, the child of God, commune with God, communicate with God, that we relate with God directly, directly, who we are as the soul directly communes, communicates with God, our creator. And that's what we're doing in this time of meditation. But that communion, that communication is one of loving. So we want to share our loving. Whether we see it as our own inner light or feel it or even hear it, Sometimes it can sound like a high pitch ringing in the ears or other sounds as I mentioned. So we want to share our love with God. Even if you don't know how, just have the intention. You even may see or feel an upwards lifting movement within your consciousness as you share your love with God. And one of the ways that we assist or support that is by utilizing what is called a sacred name. Most people might know it as a chant or a tone to meditate upon. So we have one in ILM. Most people are familiar with the OM. We actually use a higher frequency and vibration called the hue, as in the word human. The hue is a sacred name for God that we utilize as we go into meditation. We can chant or sing or just say, and that hue, that sound, has that frequency of loving that as we chant or sing or say that, either out loud or silently within, 
it begins to move us and attune us to that frequency of loving that is that essence of God and that our soul is. And so as we chant to Hugh, we just allow that frequency to fill us and to lift us. This is an uplifting action. So we want to lift ever upwards as well as inwards on that frequency of loving as we focus towards God. And if you're not sure quite exactly what that is, just visualize a sun within your inner sky. You may see it much like our physical sun as a golden white light. Or you can even visualize like a purple or blue light. Just have an inner focus and intention that you are sharing your loving with God, no matter how you see it or feel it or hear it. And just know as you chant the hue, or if you've been initiated with the other sacred names of God, you can begin to chant those silently within as well. Utilizing the frequency within those names to attune, to align, to awaken to that frequency of God's loving. And so in your time in meditation, you can continue doing this for a minute, for several minutes, for the whole time. It builds the energy of loving the more we chant and sing and share our love with God. But as we move more deeply within, at some point, often, you'll find that the chanting will become quiet. You may find a shift in your consciousness where all of a sudden it's peaceful. That phrase, peace be still, and know that I am. Well, that action of loving will bring us to that place of peace in which the I am is. So just keep chanting, for that is the turning of the radio dial to attune to that frequency, that station of loving. And when you come to the place of peace, when you feel that shift within, then move into a place of receptivity and become quiet, and then begin to watch and listen for that inner light and sound of God's loving as God now shares with you. So be receptive, be open, invite God's love into your consciousness and to your beingness, allowing God's love to fill you to overflowing. Again, when this takes place, you literally can see that inner light is that golden white or purple or blue or pink. You can feel the peace and loving. You may be flooded with gratitude or joy. However you experience it, just be open to all the possibilities. And listen, just listen for the inner sound. Let go of the outer and listen deeply within for that still small voice 
that gets louder and larger the more deeply we go within into spirit. And listen for the inner sounds that I mentioned earlier. So while you're in that state of receptivity, it is also a state of observation that you just observe with all of those inner senses so that you begin to awaken and experience more fully the inner light and sound that truly is the Spirit of God. And in all of this, Eventually, you'll come to realize that God is bringing you home. So the more you surrender and let go, the more you allow God's loving to lift you and bring you back through all these lower realms of the physical creation and on up and into the spiritual creation, that place in which truly God resides and in which we all do, a place that we call the inner kingdom or the kingdom of God, in which the truth and the true home of the soul, from where it came and so shall we return. So just allow yourself, as you go within, keeping this focus of giving and receiving as you participate in this movement of loving to allow it to unfold you into that greater beingness where you truly experience your oneness with God. And so now we'll just continue in silence to go more deeply into this oneness.
So as you're ready now, just begin to gradually bring your attention back to the seat of the soul, allowing this time in meditation to be a place of sacredness, of peace, of awareness and awakening. Just taking note and to remember anything that may have taken place during this time. And just gradually allow yourself to come more physically present as well as maintaining that inner spiritual awareness. Gradually become more present. Whenever you're ready, you can open your eyes. Or if you just wish to stay in that quiet, peaceful place with your eyes closed, that's fine too. Just give everybody another moment to stir awake. like this time of year in the spring to me it's always a time of new beginnings and new life things just seem to be revitalized and refreshed and so to me that renewal time it always gives me a sense of um, literally a new hope um, refreshment and begins to pick up my spirits my energy to really participate to do things not just the old stagnant or habitual ways of doing things but even even the routine things that I would do there seems to be always a new a renewed sense of aliveness to it all and I always enjoy that regardless and last month I spoke about what Easter to me means and that sense of when that which is of the old dies off then the new can rise up. Just like we have that, the Christ risen. Well, in truth, that is a story that is true for all of us. And these stories that we share or have read throughout history, especially in the scriptures around those individuals like Jesus or other teachers on this pathway may not only just be that actual life experience of those individuals, but also examples 
or stories for each of us to really begin to look at and to follow to see what that is within ourselves that we may also discover that truth. And that's where there's value in reading stories, hearing talks and sharings like we do here and just different spiritual teachers over the ages. That that underlying spiritual truth is there for all of us always. And all it takes is really a time of going within for that truth to come forward and awaken within all of us. And in truth, that is the new life, the renewal. We can call the spiritual life, being born again, a spiritual renewal, but it is that new life for all of us. And just as I was sharing earlier before the meditation, that a lot of what we're doing in meditation is attuning ourselves to that frequency of the Holy Spirit that is that loving, love, that living, loving essence of God, the movement of God's loving. So in meditation, as we focus within to that divinity with the sacred names, such as the hue or the names we give in initiation, the keys to the kingdom, that's what that's about, is attuning ourselves to that inner frequency of loving. And it is through that attunement that as we come more and more into that clarity of the straight and narrow, we get our needle aligned inside of us with the straight and narrow. That's that attunement where it's very clear that we're on that channel of WGOD. <laughs> I like that one. That in that, well, many of us, if you've been kind of checking things out spiritually, metaphysically over time, you'll hear certain things that are probably somewhat common out there. And sometimes it's referred to as spiritualizing things or spiritualizing ourselves or a release or a letting go. It's a raising of frequency, of picking up our vibrations. Well, all of that's true. And that's all in reference to what I was just saying about like the radio frequency and turning into that WGOD station. That the more we do that and the more we come into alignment with that, then all the frequencies, here's the other part, as we come into alignment with that, we will experience more of that frequency and all that goes with it. But that also means that all those other frequencies or radio stations we've been living in now, we're going to be letting go. Because if our needle is not now on that radio station called the physical or the imagination or the emotions or the mind or the unconscious, and we're really focused now on the spiritual, well, that is a higher frequency, a higher vibration. And in so doing, we're now letting go of all the other that we were focused on. That's really the simplicity of all this. We realize how simple the spiritual action is and really the ordinariness of it. It's very practical. Then it becomes more doable, more livable, something that's easier than what we might have imagined, that maybe it's not such a mystery but really more of a practical application that the more we do it, the more we understand what it really is and all that goes with it. But in that process of that reattuning ourselves now to a newer, higher frequency, 
in that process now we're going to be letting go of these old frequencies and all that went with that. So what does that mean? That means all those things, belief systems, feelings, imaginations, fantasies, desires, wants, physical experiences even, and circumstances. That as we move our frequency now more over here to spirit in alignment with God, well then all those things that went along with the frequencies over here that we are participating in will begin to drop away. And all the static that was in the change in the station will go with it. So it's important to look at this practically. That in that changing of frequency, these other things we are participating in, they drop away. That's what we call death. It's what we call letting go. It's what we call forgiveness. Truly detachment, all the things we hear about. A lot of, if you hear me talking and referencing a lot of words, I do that a lot here because in here, we try to make everything as simple and practical as we can so it's easy to grasp and understand. And that's important to do it because too many times have I seen people look at spiritual actions or pathway as so mystical that they can't understand it, so therefore how can they do it? Spirit is very doable, very understandable to the soul, not to the mind. And therein lies the confusion. The mind will get confused because the mind's so used to figuring things out. Well, when they say this, it means this. So therefore, that's the right thing to do, and anything other than that is wrong. And then we get caught up in belief systems of right and wrong. And here we're trying to go for God, that which is unconditional, unlimited. So we have to be willing to let go of all of our old beliefs, all of our looking at things as a right and a wrong way, but rather opening up to a loving way, an unconditional way, a way that accepts all things. Before in our living, it was limited in what we believed was right, and all that was wrong wasn't part of there. But we have to be willing to let go of that as we change our frequency and let it die off and all that goes with that. And that's where we struggle. We struggle with letting things die off in order to really attune and attain that new frequency that we really do want. When we feel that inner call and pull, that longing to really know that which is divine, when that stirs within us, we will keep pursuing that and it's that we can't stop, which is the good news. We can't stop because that which in us is that which is eternal, which will always be drawn back to its source. The soul came from God and the soul will return to God. In truth, that never left. But because we have turned away from that into these other frequencies and have become so focused into that, that we have simply forgotten about the other greater truth that is divine. So that's the practical part of this. As we start to look back towards God and attune ourselves to God, all of this other now is going to die off and let go. 
And therein now lies the renewal or the rebirth, the true being born again. See that group of the Christian wings of born agains? They had something right there. Because when we allow that which of where we've been so focused and caught up in the physical of our physical desires and wants and let go to truly thy will be done that is of God, that now that which is of the world has to die off so we can be born again now to that which is of spirit. And that's key here. And that's another reference when I talk about the spring. We all talk about spring cleaning. Oh, it's a time of year for spring cleaning. Some people get excited. They love to clean out the garage and the closets, and other people roll their eyes like, oh, my God, that's so much work. Who cares anymore? Well, maybe that's a cleaning. Maybe it's just letting go of having to do spring cleaning. It's still a letting go. And that's the thing to keep in perspective. It doesn't mean just one thing. Maybe the same thing we talk about can mean something different on every level. But yet maybe the action's the same. So when we say letting go or spring cleaning, cleaning out the closet of the garage, that we could do physically and how that makes us even feel when we do those actions. Do you ever notice how letting go of old things, getting rid of stuff, cleaning things up, you feel lighter and better inside after the fact, maybe not before or during, but after the fact, in the freedom and space that you have out here, you actually feel that inside of yourself? So that's what I'm talking about, is to realize even these other actions we take, really there's an interaction that is the same. So we can do internal spring cleaning, cleaning out those old belief systems, letting go of those old emotions, releasing those attachments we have to the things we want or desire. Think about it. Those things that we so hold on to, we think are so dear to us that we think we cannot live without. But yet the more we hang on and focus onto them and don't have them, the pain it creates, the suffering we go through, the struggle and stress we put ourselves through, for what? For what? It's just a belief system. It's a fantasy. We think we want it. What is that desire, that attachment, that is formed simply out of our imagination? It was taken on as an idea, and we put all these emotions into it. In all that together, then, somehow it created this ball of energy that has life now. And the more we have fed that, the more we've desired it, the more life it is, the more energy it has, the stronger the force, the force be with you. That's right. We have created a force now through our thoughts, through our feelings, through our imagination. And then we pursue it physically and create this strong bond of attachment that we think we have to have to fulfill ourselves But is that true? Do we really need to have all of those things physically or mentally or emotionally to truly be happy? 
What if all we had to do was a little internal spring cleaning and let go of that which we think we have to have and cannot live without? What if we just let that go? Not even worry about the physical, not focus on the physical, but just internally our desires, those attachments, we're struggling so hard to achieve or get that if we can begin to truly let it go. But you see, the problem with that is that most of us then go, well, well what do I do then? What, what, what do I want? If I don't have this thing I want so much and I'm always striving and working so hard for well, then my life would be empty. Who would I be then? I, I'm this very thing I'm trying to pursue and make happen. My identity's wrapped up into this. What would I do then if I'm not doing this? And that's where a lot of us go into fear and why we won't let go, simply because of the unknown that we don't know what we would do or what's next. Or we think we would be so alone not having this thing that we simply created internally. And whatever outer reflection that it has, whether it's a job or relationships or where we live, whatever it is. Those are the things that eventually we're going to have to begin to look at within ourselves. And it's when we're really willing to look at those things within ourselves is when we'll begin to see all the illusions that we've created, that we have created, and also all that we've created that goes with that around the struggle, the pain, the suffering that maybe, maybe it was unnecessary, but at some point we believed it was necessary. But if we're really willing to look deep within ourselves, to even ask ourselves, well, what, why do I want this? Why is this so important to me? What is this about? That if we're willing to look and ask ourselves those questions, is how we can begin to unravel and understand one, maybe where this even came from. Did society teach, us to, teach it to us? Did our peers teach it to us? Did our parents? And to really look and see for ourselves, is this valuable to me? Is this truly important to me? Does this really serve me? for my greater good, whatever that may be. Well, in some ways, everything serves us because why would we be doing it if it didn't serve us? But maybe some of those things we think serve us, maybe they don't need to anymore. But how are we going to know the difference if we're not willing to look at it and evaluate it within ourselves? And maybe allow ourselves 
the space an opportunity to make some different decisions or choices in life. But I'm also suggesting to look first internally, to do that internally, regardless of the outer circumstances, but the internal. To look inside and to see your stress, your struggle, your pain and suffering. Why are you doing that? Where is it coming from? What is it that you're doing within yourself that you've created, that you believe is so important that it would create that much pain and suffering rather than just giving it up and letting it go and doing something else, choosing something else? Well, that's something we definitely are going to want to look at. At some point, there's not a have to or a when, Hey, the soul's eternal, right? So we have an eternity to look at all this. Do we want to do an hour later? This life, next life, a billion lives from now? What's it matter if we have eternity? Well, that's another way to look at things. But most of us, one, cannot really comprehend what eternity means or is. Too many people would freak out because nobody really remembers to the level that it would take to understand the truth of that. But if we are willing to look at this, to go into it, and willing to learn from it, and move through it and let it go, and get on the other side of it so we really can be at that higher true spiritual perspective, that is where the greater wisdom and understanding can really be revealed to us then. That which is eternal, that which is true, and that which is real and serves us in our spiritual journey. Our journey really is a spiritual journey. Even in this physical creation, it is the soul that is spiritual, that is having a journey in every level and every realm, physical, astral, causal, mental, etheric, soul, and realms of spirit. That spiritual journey, the soul, is our focus that we share here in Inner Light Ministries. But it is also that journey, the soul, that is true. All we do here is try to point out and share and bring attention to and awareness of that journey of the soul. No matter what realm it's on, no matter what level, many of you have been meditating, have had inner experiences in the dream state or out of body or spiritual visions, where you've been in other realms and dimensions and in classes like this, at retreats and auditoriums full of people, spiritual teachers, angels, guides, all of that, all that pursuit if you want to really know about that, I'll make a little plug here. Our book, Staff of the Shepherd, that Jim wrote so long ago, is a great reading to go into all of that, of all the different levels and all that which is of the physical, metaphysical, and spiritual. It helps to have some awareness, but then it also helps to give us clarity to see what it is that we really want what do we really want? Do we really want this physical thing? Or do we really want 
the spiritual fulfillment and loving that we know is true. But not remembering the truth of that, we focus on this thing here thinking if we can have that, it'll fulfill me and I will feel one now. Not realizing the more we pursue that physicality, that it actually takes us further into separation from that which we know spiritually is the truth. And it is not until we're willing to let go that can we now open up to the truth. So as we pursue that greater truth, not even understanding what it really is, but are willing to search, to pursue, to seek after it anyway, because we just know inside of us. We can't even put our finger on it, but we just know. When we pursue that, and the more we move towards it and get closer, we begin to experience more of that fulfillment, that loving, where we feel now more of a oneness and not so alone. And in that realizing, oh my God, I don't need this. I thought I needed this, but in the need of that, all it did was cause me more pain and struggle because it was actually separating me from the truth of my oneness with God, where that fullness of loving resides, that brings the joy and the peace, let alone motivates and inspires us. And in that pursuit now, is where we get enthused. And the more we pursue that, the more we find ourselves letting go, letting things die off. All those old frequencies as we change the dial to WGOD now. And then life truly does begin anew. You could call it the birth of our consciousness spiritually, and that does happen where all of a sudden we wake up and now know and see more spiritually where we just had no awareness of it before that. And then we get so fascinated and then that's all we want to know more and more. And we begin to look at everything in our life. Not only how does that serve us, but where's spirit in that? What am I learning here? How does this serve me? And when we begin to live life that way, not only is it new, but it truly takes on a whole new meaning. And we begin to see the purpose and the perfection in it all, that there is a why are we here? Why are we doing this? What's it all about? But that only comes as we truly move closer to God internally, spiritually, And then we will do whatever we can to have more of that. To learn what we need to, to fill ourselves, to feed ourselves, to do the meditations, to learn the spiritual principles and teachings, to align, to attune, to fulfill. 
And that spiritual awareness can wake up in a flash. And we have those moments. And then we have these long periods of time where we go, wow, is anything going on? Used to be so fun and exciting, but now what's going on? It just seems like a lot of work. Well, there are these things that I was just speaking of that we call the attachments, all the old wants and desires and needs that we've got to work through. And it does seem like work. And we do have to go through all of that. But it is that work of going through that, that when we begin to ask the questions, as I was just saying, is when we literally will begin to learn and fulfill the purpose of our soul's journey, even through this physical creation, let alone all the other realms beyond the physical. So it is that that we call the spiritual pathway. That pathway is that way by which we journey through all these different levels of consciousness to have experience. And it is in the experience that we find the fulfillment as we journey now not only away from God, but now back towards God. And it is that that is truly the fulfillment of the soul. And that's really what the soul wants. And that may take time to remember that. But when we're ready, that day will come where we will want to remember because something inside of us will literally awaken all by itself, with us not even trying to pursue it or trying to figure it out or anything. Because when it is time and the soul knows, it'll begin the journey. And when it does, it'll be drawn to a pathway like this, a way by which it can now walk that journey back to its creator for that greater fulfillment, fulfilling the mission, the purpose, and why it even came here to begin with. And that journey is a journey of soul liberation and the soul's return back into the heart of God. And that's the freedom and the joy and the fulfillment that that action of meditation with the sacred name brings about and the practice of the teachings and all that we do in living life. No matter where we are or what it is that we are living in life, it really doesn't matter because that inner journey for the soul is the same for all of us regardless of all the outer details and circumstances. We just have to be willing to realize that and to let that go in order for that greater spiritual awakening to take place. And then, when we do let go of all these old experiences, and they die off, and we go through our grieving of that letting go, 
Then in that rebirth and renewal, just like when a baby's born in this world, well, most of the time it is a joyous occasion. Well, that's what it'll be like for us. And that rebirth and that renewal for us spiritually, it's a joyous occasion, a joyous experience. As we continue waking up and being born again on each level of consciousness, on that journey back home to God even, we're going to find yet a greater and greater sense of joy as we renew ourselves over and over again. And with that, I'm just looking inside if there's a little more I want to say. It's always fun to do this because in it, that presence of the Holy Spirit, as I was saying, it's like a, wearing a hat and right on the top of the head and just feeling that loving presence. And in that, there's awareness of the words, the actions, and it's a joy to be in that. So in a way, I want to keep talking just to be in that. But once those words, in a sense, that flow begins to shift, then I just go with it and let that go to next. And so I'm going to go ahead and let Jim talk now and share whatever he would like, however that's going to flow for him. (laughs) That'll be interesting. Well, um, one thing many of you have heard over and over uh, come out of my mouth is a statement that I used to start a lot of my talks with, and that is, when I was a child. And yet, that was something that I always had to refer to when I was a child, is the time that I woke up to spirit and to God. I began waking up and knowing the true spiritual presence of God in me when I was five years old. And from that day forward, God has always been there, right inside, right in front, right around, walking with me wherever I am. And that is something that I always am looking to every day to keep it alive in me, to keep it alive in my day. But when I was five years old, I did truly have a spiritual awakening. And in that moment, I began to realize who I truly am in God and God in me. And I worked very hard throughout my life to maintain that connection. And the work was simple. It wasn't hard. It was ever staying focused inward. Not on the world, not in the world, not with the world, but inside. Inside to that truth of spirit within me. Inside into the truth of God and loving and joy, and peace, and all that is of the spiritual realm. And I remember so clearly, as I was growing up, 
my friends from school and the neighbors around. After school, they would come and say, hey, come on, let's go play football. Let's go play baseball. Let's go do this. Let's go do that. And everybody would be going to participate. And I had to make a choice. And it was an easy choice. It was either a choice to put my books down and run out and go play, or to sit down and go within and keep connected to that spiritual flow that I had found inside of myself. And that truly was an easy choice for me because that was so important and that was so true and that was so much a life that I wanted to be living in. So I would do the action of sitting down and going inside and saying prayers and talking with God and doing a type of meditation that ever kept me focused inward and upward. Inward and upward into the truth of who we really are and into the truth that is spirit, that is God. And I found as I was growing up that this world truly is an illusion. It is a reflection of the true. It is not the true. And I found that when I got caught up in looking down and out into the illusion, into this reflection, that it was harder for me at times to bring God present in the moment because I was looking and focusing on things in the world and making them very important. And so I have found that living a life of simplicity and inner focus has been the way for me to live. When we come into this world as a soul incarnating, we come into this world for many different reasons. God has put us on a journey so, so long ago. And this creation, this lower creation, this world of reflection and illusion is a part of the journey because the journey is about learning and awakening into the truth of who we truly are as soul. That's not what the world teaches us, but that is the truth. We come into this world to learn many lessons. And one of the main lessons is the lesson of separation, of separation from God, from separation of those spiritual realms that are true and that are our true home. Separation even with ourselves, because the world is a world of reflection and it ever is calling us out to participate in it. It isn't real, it isn't true, but we think it is because it seems so real to this physical form, this body that we're in. And since the soul has come here to learn about this world of reflection, about the actions of separation, we get caught up in it. And we're ever looking down and out into this creation, trying to find that which we're searching for. What we're really searching for is God, for loving, for who we really are 
as a soul, as a spiritual being, because we have lost sight of it. We have separated ourselves from the memory and from the knowing of who we truly are. And now we're chasing after all these things in the world, trying to find out, who am I? Who am I really? Why am I here? Where am I going? And we come into this world lifetime after lifetime looking for the answers. Who am I? I remember when I was growing up, Spirit came to me one day in my time of focused meditation and asked me a question. Who are you? Well, I thought, wow, that's the simplest question that they could ask me. And I said, I'm Jim Gordon. And they said, but beyond that, who are you? And I had to sit there and look at that statement or that question. Beyond that, who am I? I didn't know. And I looked and I looked and I was looking out in the world. In my mind, I was looking to find who am I beyond that name of Jim Gordon. And I really couldn't find an answer that I felt was right. And then all of a sudden, I looked up. I looked up to God. I looked up to spirit. I looked up to my soul to find the answer. And I knew the answer immediately then. And I turned to the teacher that was there and I said, I'm a child of God. And he said, that's right. You're not this body. You're not this name. You're not this mind. You're not these emotions. You are a child of God. That's who you are. And that's who you will always be. So remember that and never let that be in front of you as where you're walking to, where you're going, what you're becoming. That is who you are. And that cannot be taken from you. And then the next day he came and he began to ask many other questions to help support me on this journey of remembering, not becoming something, not learning about something, but remembering. And that's what Brian and I are here to do, is to help you to remember who you truly are. Back when I was 18 years old and I was asked to go to a lady's home and make a presentation of my spiritual truth to a group of people that she invited into her home. I had never given any kind of a speech publicly before in my life. And I stood up wondering, what am I going to say? What am I going to talk about? And Spirit came right in and shared one statement with me. Tell them that you 
cannot tell them anything they don't already know, but that you can help them to remember what they have forgotten. That's the real truth of it all. That's the real truth of my journey of helping people to remember what they have forgotten. And they've forgotten it, and you maybe have forgotten it because you've looked down and out into the world. You've looked in that action of separation, of down and out, away from your truth. Your truth lies within. Your truth lies with the seat of the soul and beyond. But the world and the mind and the emotions pull us down and out into this creation. And we're ever chasing after so many things in this down and out world. And it's easy to lose sight of the greater truth within when we're caught up in the down and out action. Spirit is subtle. It's simple and subtle. And if we are not truly paying close attention to that which is inside of ourselves and that movement of the divine flow of loving, we can lose sight of it so quickly because of the noise and the actions and the reactions of the world. And that's what's got us caught up in the world today. We're ever caught up in the noise and in the reactions and actions of this creation. And it ever keeps us attracted to and caught up in that outer gaze. That's why we ask for you to sit down for a while and close your eyes and go within, pulling your attention inward and upward, upward to the seat of the soul and beyond, letting go of the world around you, letting go of this reflection and this illusion of creation, and going back into that which is real and true, and that which is who you really are. Who you really are is a soul. And that soul is a divine creation of God. And that soul is a child of God. And within it is the divine spark of God that is on the journey to learn about God's creations. And even this illusion, this reflective world, is a part of God's creation. And so God wants to know about God's creations. And that's why we are here. And that's why it is important for us to live in this creation and to have our experience and to learn from our experience so that we begin to realize that whatever it is we're really looking for is not here. It really is not here. And somewhere on that journey, we are going to start looking for that which we are looking for inside of us because we realize finally it's not in the world. It's not in the outer. And so we begin to begin to become more reflective within ourselves.
we begin to sit down and maybe read materials of a spiritual nature. We might read the Bible. We might read poems of Rumi or Hafiz. We might read Gabir. We might read Gibran. We might read so many different things that begin to give us a different understanding, a different idea, a different focus, a different awareness of more of the truth of what we're looking for. That's why so many people, when that shift changes and they begin to truly look within, they begin to go on a quest both inwardly and outwardly. And many people will go through one religion and then another and then another and then they'll go into yogic practices trying to find the spiritual way and the spiritual answer of that which is within. And eventually they truly find that spiritual path of the sound and light, that sacred name path. That sacred name path has been around since humanity has been here. It has ever been taught, it's ever present and available to those that are ready to go within and begin to pursue the path of liberation of the soul from this creation. And that's what this pathway is about. This pathway does not make this creation wrong. It is a very important place on our journey of learning on this action of experience. But when it's time for a soul to begin to go inward and upward, and we begin to feel that pull, that tug, that call of the small, still voice within, calling us home, come back to where you belong, come back to your true home, Wake up and become the true nature of your own beingness once again, letting go of the illusion of this physical form. Wake up, wake up, and don't go back to sleep. This world is a great sleep. We fall into the great dream, and all we're doing is chasing after the illusions which are a dream. We ever think we're going to get it in our hands this time and be able to hold on to it, and it's not there. Once we get a hold of it, there's nothing there. And we wonder, what's wrong? Why can't I feel fulfilled? Why can't I find what I'm really longing for? What it is in truth, what we're longing for, is the knowing that we are a spiritual being. and the knowing that we are a part of God and God's creation and not this world of separation. And that's what Brian and I are here to help you to remember. You may have forgotten. You may have forgotten this great truth of who you really are. And I'll bet most, if not all of you that are listening can look back at your childhood at three, four, five, six years old and remember that in that time 
you also had not forgotten. You knew who you were, and you longed to go back to God. You longed to go back home to that place where loving and oneness and beingness was at for you. And you felt so separate from here and from this in this world. <coughs> you felt the loneliness. You felt the anger for having been put in this place where it is so painful and so lonely and so dark in comparison to what you as a soul remembered. And then, as you got older, the mind started getting active through school and education. The emotions got caught up in a lot of different things going on in your daily life. And you forgot. Because you began to look down and out, getting caught up in this world. And looking for that which you longed for to be in the world and not inside of you. Remember, remember that. Remember that which you are. Remember that which is loving. Remember that which is the simplicity of spirit. Remember that which you are, a soul, a light of God, an expression of God's loving. And start living more the truth of who you are rather than continuing to chase after the illusion. This illusion offers us so many different opportunities to go chasing after something thinking there's the answer, there's the solution, there's who I am, only to find that it's not there. If you sit down every day for a period of time and go within, stilling the mind as best you can, <coughs> rising above all the disturbances of the emotions and the imagination and the noise of this world, you can begin to actually experience once again that which you have been longing for for so, so long and begin to understand, know and experience that which you are searching for. And ultimately, it's loving. Ultimately, it's connection. Connection with yourself. Connection with God. Connection with spirit. The inner journey is not about separation. It's about union. It's about unifying yourself with that which you are. And letting go more and more of the illusion. You're not going to leave the illusion behind. As long as you have a body, the illusion will be here, believe me. But you also know where you can hold your focus and be aware 
of that movement of the divine loving within you. And you can live from that place, from the seat of the soul, rather than from the mind or the emotions or any other part of this world that we are caught up in. I say get caught up in spirit. Get caught up in loving. Get caught up in the truth of who you are as a soul. And it resolves so many questions. It answers and quiets so many things inside of you. Because the soul, with its focus inward and upward on God, is in peace. It's in harmony with itself and with the creation. And that stillness that resides there is where you'll choose to live more and more. But in that stillness is so, so much. The stillness is just the doorway by which we move into that which we really are. Be still and know that I am God. Well, guess what? That statement isn't just about God saying, I am God. That is about your soul, I am God. For God dwells here. God dwells in your soul as a divine spark. So when you be still and know that I am God, it's saying, I, my soul, is where God resides, within me. And it's for me to come into the knowing of that, to awaken into that, and to live that more and more each day. Every day when I wake up, one of the first things I do when I get into this body and get caught up in the mind and the emotions, I look up. I look up within myself. And there's God. There's the light of my own soul. There's the truth. And when I get up and go out into the day, I keep looking up, 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 to bring God into everything I do, to bring my soul present into every action, every word, everything, <coughs> so that I am fulfilling the truth of who I am while I am in this body. And I find the fulfillment by ever bringing God present into everything I am doing, everything I am saying, everything. But that begins through meditation and learning to hold your focus inward and upward. Holding your attention on the seat of the soul begins the journey. It doesn't mean you have to focus your eyes upward. It just means close your eyes and hold your attention up here. And eventually that attention will expand and open upward, upward into the spiritual realms. You'll move into the soul realm and move on into the spiritual and awaken into the full fullness of yourself in God. 
I've had a statement that I've said for many a year since I was 18, 19 years old to people. One day, you'll wake up. You'll wake up and know who you truly are. And you will wake up and find yourself being in the heart of God. And you'll realize you've never left there. You've always been in the heart of God. You, the soul, you, the divine spark, have always been there. Never left. Even though you're living in this world and feeling so separate from it all, and that divine spark and that truth of loving and God and spirit seems so far away, so much the illusion, and yet that is the truth. One day you will wake up and find yourself in the heart of God and know that you've never left. Wouldn't that be wonderful to be able to walk down the street to do your daily chores or work, to share with people around you and all the time knowing who you truly are as a soul knowing who you are as a divine, loving being of God and living that loving more and more into everything that you do. Life gets simple. I'm not going to say it gets easy because when we're in this world, it's a world of whatever it is for each of us. Whatever our lessons are, they're going to be there for us. God Ask us to come down here as a soul to experience this creation and to learn certain lessons so that the divine spark within you, which is you, the soul, learns these lessons and the God within you knows more and more about this creation. So don't be afraid to go and have experience in the world. Don't go out and get caught up in them and just keep repeating them, but learn the lessons, learn through the experience, and then move on to what's next, if you can. Letting go, but remembering and moving on to what's next. And I bet if you look in your life, you've done that in many ways. You look around and you see people that are living a life just as they lived 40 years ago, 30 years ago, 20 years ago, saying the same thing over and over every day, doing the same actions and reactions every day, living the same habits every day. And then you look at your life and you go, oh my God, I've lived 20 lives in the 20 years that they've been living and they're just living the one. I've had so many different experiences. I've had so many different opportunities of learning and growing. And I've learned so many lessons. What's wrong with me? I remember as I was growing up as a teenager and wondering that myself because I saw myself living so many different lives and moving so quickly through so many experiences and yet I saw my friends just stuck in life and doing what they found to be stuck in life. 
living the same old, same old every day. Have you been on a search? Have you been on a quest? And not even realized it. Look and see. What is it you're looking for? What is it you're longing for? I don't have the answer. You do. But I have an action that you can take that will help you to find your answer. I have an action that you can take that will give you the understanding and the clarity and the truth of who you really are. And that is the meditation. But it's not like a meditation that you find through the yogic practices, through the Buddhic practices, and so many other, such as in the Hindu practices. It is a practice of simplicity. It is a practice on the sacred name. The sacred name is nothing more than a group of words that we chant inside of ourselves that carry with it a vibration, a vibration that will connect us to the truth within our own heart of, of the soul. It takes us above the mind, and that is important because the mind is the element that traps us here. We, the soul, is trapped by the mind, caught up in the illusion that the mind has presented us and has us now running after in this creation, trying to find the answer, trying to find ourselves. We have to rise above the mind in order to begin to wake up to the truth of who we really are. In the sacred name, this group of energy that is a vibration that takes us above the mind will truly do that. The OM will take you into the mind, up to the very top of the mind, but it will not take you beyond the mind. And so many people do chant the Om in their practice, and they get a lot of awakenings and experience. And they even begin to understand more about controlling the physical form and the physical mind. And that is really wonderful. And that is truly a wonderful experience to have in your life but it doesn't answer the big question. Who am I? And why am I here? And where am I going? It doesn't answer any of that because Om does not take us into that place where the answers to those questions lie. But the name, the sacred name, that which we initiate people with carries that frequency that takes us above the mind and into the seat of the soul and beyond. And that sacred name is a part of the flow of the Holy Spirit. It is the Holy Spirit that created us as a soul, 
and set us on a journey. And it is the Holy Spirit that is ever present with us throughout all of our journey, wherever we go. And it is that Holy Spirit that is anchored within us when we're initiated with this sacred name. And once that sacred name is alive inside of you, by you meditating every day, chanting it and building that vibration of loving within you that the name carries, you begin to wake up into the truth of who you really are. And the waking up is really quite simple. It's just keep bringing your focus back to that sacred name which will carry you higher and higher and higher. Now the challenge may be sitting down and closing your eyes and going inside because we're so accustomed to focusing outside of ourselves and go chasing after things in the world. Maybe it's over here. Maybe it's over there. Oh gosh, it's not there. It's got to be somewhere else. Where am I going to go next? Why not try sitting down, closing your eyes, and going inside for a while to see if that's not where the answer is for you. And when you sit down and you do begin that inner journey, you may begin to find a lot of the things that have caused you disturbance and disquiet, that have caused you separation and pain from yourself, to come up to come up in your meditation. And it's coming up so that you can begin to release it, to let go of it, realizing that those are the things of this lower world and that those are the things that have caused you to get caught up in the world and stay separate from the creation of spirit and soul. And all they're doing is rising up into your consciousness once again to look at, and to do something very, very simple. Love it all. Love it all. And if there's something that you really have a hard time loving or letting go of, then the action that I do all the time and that I have found that really does serve me well, and it has since I was 8, 9, 10 years old, is give it up to God. I just give it up to God. God I love you, and I want to stay in the flow of loving with you and in you. And I do not want anything to separate me from you. So I'm just going to give this up to you right now because this is trying to separate me. This is causing separation, and I don't want it. And so I'm giving it up to you to handle with me, for me, through me, however it is to resolve it so that it's done. You find your way of giving it up to God. You find your way to move past these things so that truly you can begin to connect into that flow of spirit and to wake up to that inner sounds and that inner light. To see that purple light, 
to see that blue light, to see that white and that gold light, and to really begin to follow that and let that light of loving come into you and flood you and lift you up is an amazing experience. And it all begins by sitting down and going inside. We ask that you chant the hue or the who as it is in the East because that is a vibration that will begin to awaken you to the God at the seat of the soul, to that divine spark there. And it will help you to begin to know your inner truth. And it will give you the understanding and the awakening that you're longing for and you're looking for. Know that you are the living child of God and that you can wake up into it and know that. There's no reason why you can't other than you in the mind. Give yourself some time every day, five minutes, 10 minutes, a half an hour or longer to just sit and chant the who or the hue and see what might happen. I have dealt with many people, worked with many people in the past who don't even believe in God. They are atheist or agnostic. And so this is a path that they say isn't for them. And yet, years later, months later, whatever it might be, they come back and they say, okay, so what do I do? How does this meditation work? I don't believe in God. I know there's no God, but I've got to find something that will do, bring me peace. And if your practice will bring me peace, then that's what I want. And so they begin to do the practice and they'll chant the hue and they'll go inside and they'll look and watch and connect to the inner through those lights, through those sounds. And then months and years later, they come to me and they go, all right, you're right, there is a God. I've entered into that now and I know that that's true. And now I'm a believer, I guess you would call me. We're not here to prove anything to you. We're just here to help you remember that which you have forgotten. Help you to connect back into the truth of who you really are. And to begin to live that truth even while you're in this physical form. So that you can live in that joy and that peace and that loving that you so long for. And for those of you who are initiates, you know the truth of what I'm speaking. You're living it daily. And yes, it takes time, a lot of time for many of us to finally wake up, to finally let go of the illusion and to pick up the truth of who we really are. 
but you've given it the time. And you're beginning to truly live in the divine flow of loving. And you're beginning to wake up into the soul of who you really are. And the next part of the journey is so glorious in coming into those realms of spirit and into the very heart of God. So wherever you are on this journey, know that the truth is here. The truth of who you really are. And Brian and I are here to help you to remember this. Our path isn't unique. It isn't the only one. There are other paths of sound and light out there in the world. But I'll tell you what, this is probably the simplest one you'll find. We have not laid out regulations or rules of any kind. We just invite you to do the meditation. So begin your journey or continue your journey if you're already on it and wake up and wake up into the knowing of who you really are. There's a statement I always say that Rumi put out as a poem, wake up, wake up, and don't go back to sleep. And that is something I ask of you. If you're going to go on this journey, continue doing it and waking up more and more every day. And don't go back into the sleep of this world. Go back into the separation and the illusions. This is a great dream. This is a great sleep. But it isn't the truth. Maybe it's time now for you to know the truth. The real truth of who you are. So my journey began long ago when I was a child. And if you listen to a lot of the talks from a long time ago, that's how I began my talks, because that's where I found my truth. That's where I began to wake up and live that which I am. And I just ask wherever you are on your journey to begin now waking up and knowing your truth for yourself. All right. I guess that's my sharing for today.
the uh, the notice with the times and the email address for you to be able to write your questions into. And then when we get back, we'll we'll go ahead and start. Uh, Kelsey will be reading the questions for us, and Jim and I will be answering, and we'll just continue um, until then. So have a nice break, and we'll we'll see you here in just a little bit.
everybody. I think we're all good to go. Always just take a moment here to make sure everything's broadcasting and everything's turned on and recording. Give Kelsey a moment. We'll get the thumbs up because I know we'll move into Q&A and of course I'm hopefully on the break when you saw the the posting up there. If you do have a question, you can still write it in anytime during the uh, Q&A here for the next couple hours. And again, that's info at ILM.org. So um, in a moment, we're going to go ahead and get started and, and we'll have uh, Kelsey read uh, the questions as they've come in. And uh, Jim and I will just respond. Mm -hmm. So... Are you ready or do you need a little bit more? Is everything good? Yep. Okay. Just trying to coordinate with Abe. Sure. No, no, that's fine. <laughs> she got, if you guys saw our little, uh, I don't even know what I'd call this, our little spaceship back here with all the wires and everything. <laughs> it's a lot that goes into doing these broadcasts. I mean, we've got a nice nice camera and equipment, and I know, Kelsey, you're going to have to, uh, the speaker, is this turned on and everything? Okay. So that way we'll be able to hear as well as everybody else on the line. And um, we've got Abe uh, Smith hand, have, handling things on the back end as well with Kelsey <laughs> out of his own home over there with Tanya. So it's like it's amazing, literally, everything we're able to do um, to still honor the social distancing. And I know some places are starting to get back together, you know, like keeping six feet away or more and all, but we're going to take it safe step by step. Um, the the difference we're going to do, like uh, Kelsey announced earlier, is we are going to have Sunday, uh, summer classes. Usually we'd take the summer off, but because we've had to cancel all of our retreats, um, in person, we're gonna we're gonna be doing um, the classes through the summer. So we'll be going again June and July, as well as August when we'd normally start up, um, as well as a couple other little uh, separate Q and A's for the retreat, like we did with Austin here. So we'll continue this format. And we'll see how it goes over the summer. So definitely for the summer, we'll keep doing the social distancing and broadcasting like this. And when the fall comes back around, as I like to say, when 
um, the new school year starts, we'll go ahead and uh, see where things are at at that time um, and let uh, keep everybody posted as far as getting together in person or not and, and how we're going to do that. So until then, we'll just kind of take it class by class. All right. So Kelsey's giving me the thumbs up. That's better than getting the finger like I normally get. I mean, <laughs> oh, good, that got a smile. A smirk from Jim, a smile from Kelsey, and <laughs> a meow from the cat. <laughs> okay, question one. Moving on. That's right, as soon as I get in my bad humor, it's like, okay, moving on. <laughs> All right. Come on. I developed a never-before phobia of tunnels after an MRI. That grew into fears of caves and drowning. In my physical life, when I come to a tunnel or have had another, other MRIs, I chant my way through it. Also, when I witness drowning or caves on a movie or in a picture and I feel myself reacting, I've had an awareness that I need to practice calming myself and sometimes... I can remember to chant. It seems as if I'm preparing. Since this phobia developed after I was already an initiate for several years, I suspect there is a correlation. What is the significance? Well, a couple things. One, when, when issues like that arise, it literally can be another karma from another lifetime that's coming forward in the consciousness to really clear. And so it can literally just be a phase that you're going through that could last, you know, from weeks to months to even years. It just depends on really the karmic lesson that's behind it all. And the way I look at a lot of claustrophobia, or really we should say the fear of that, which creates that feeling suffocated, is always getting us to go within. Whenever I have found myself in a place of feeling confined or suppressed is another way I like to look at it, it pushes me back to my center. And so the thing I would really suggest is looking at not how this stirs your fear, but really how it's serving you to assist you in coming back to your center. And the very fact that I heard you said you have to work at relaxing um, to go back inside to get past that fear is a really great way to doing that because relaxation is the letting go so that you can come back within. So that's the first step for sure and then into the chanting. And that itself will pull you to center. Whenever you chant the sacred name, its very job is to bring you right up into the center of your soul here, the seat of the soul, but there's a seat of the soul on every realm just like we have it here physically. Same thing exists on every other level. So no matter what level you're on and you find yourself chanting that sacred name, it acts like a magnet and just pulls you right back to itself. And as you do come centered, it's able to lift you. Now, why am I sharing all this? Because when that pulls you within and lifts you, as you heard Jim sharing earlier about rising above the mind, he shares it all the time. There's a reason for that. Because everything in this land of duality, polarity here, it's a magnet that keeps us attracted and caught up in it. When we meditate, it's almost like a different type of a magnet, but it's not a magnet of polarity in this world. It's a pull back into the oneness of spirit. And so what we want to do 
is really now through the meditation activate that pull inwards and upwards that literally pulls us out of the polarity. But as we are pulled out of the polarity, it starts to pull us within. So in other words, all the spectrums, the ends of the poles that we've been living in and scattered, now we got to come back to center. But as we come back to center, what happens? We can often feel claustrophobic because when we are just focused into the polarity of this physical creation, we feel like we need to go out and about for our freedom. When we can't go out and about for our freedom and we're stuck, we feel claustrophobic or feared. That's how this creation works. But in truth, what's happening is that God is pulling us inwards and upwards. So as we pull back to that center, in the beginning, it'll feel claustrophobic in this creation. But that's the point now. As you've heard me say over and over, not only do we have to face our fears, we have to walk through them. Not avoid them, not deny them, but walk through them. But the way we walk through them here on the spiritual pathway is to begin to ask ourselves the question, what is this here to teach me? Or another way of saying the same thing is, what am I learning in this? So when we can start to see the lesson or ask the question to open up for the lesson to be revealed is how we're able to let go of the grips of fear in our anxiety and responses to the fear, which is basically what anxiety is, is a response to the fear that it starts to diminish the magnetic pull and that releases us to come back into the spiritual pull in and up. So there's a lesson there in the claustrophobia. And fear is just the magnetic polarity of this world trying to hold us here. So when we directly address the fear and ask the question, what am I learning here? It begins to dissolve the fear so that we can now be pulled inwards and upwards. And as we do, that's where the claustrophobia and all the karmic lessons around that begin to dissolve. And now we really are pulled more in and up. But also an in and up pull, as in your question, so I know I'm giving a long, scenic, long-winded answer here, that you asked something about or made a statement about something preparing you. Well, that is true. Because when we start to come into the straight and narrow, and I keep coming up here because we refer a lot to the seat of the soul, the spiritual doorway. Even Rumi called it, the door is open, the door is round. Well, that we have to enter into and through. So as we are pulled up to the seat of the soul here, in that doorway now is just a small opening that we have to move through. And it is like a tunnel, just as you mentioned in the MRI machine, that is a small tunnel that we've got to pass through from the physical consciousness into the other realms. And part of the soul the belief system here is the fear of death. And so inherently within this creation, when we come to that, there's a knowing inside we're going to die. Hence, the fear or the claustrophobia has a fear of death attached to it. We're going to suffocate. And that is part of the fear that each soul has to walk through here before that death or at the time of death, one way or another. Better to handle that fear before death. That way when death actually comes, 
that there's not going to be the fear holding us back, but we now know and we can just slip right on through the tunnel. And that's what we want to do here. So regardless if it was something from a past life where maybe we were suffocated, that's often the case, or if it is the preparation just for really getting free of our fear and this physical consciousness now, to me it's all the same thing, that we have to walk through those fears, especially the fear of death. And so that tunnel, the straight and narrow, just like you've probably heard many stories over time, that when people have their near-death experiences come back and report, they always talk about a tunnel of light. Well, that is true. And that tunnel is that part that the soul traverses through from the physical consciousness into the spiritual. And it is. That's why even called straight and narrow. And so it is that that we've got to bring ourselves centered to move through. So begin to look at the claustrophobia as an opportunity to overcome the fear of death. And the more we can do, like Jim was sharing, about just giving it all up to God, that's like the best thing. But what did he say before that? To love it. To love it all. So just love the fear. Love the claustrophobia. Love whatever that is in front of you because it is that loving one that brings us centered and then begins the uplifting action to allow God to pull us home. And also understand that in this journey of soul liberation and God pulling us home, we're going to have to move through those fears. And moving through those fears means we've got to love them. We've got to accept them. We've got to move through them with forgiveness and learn the lessons that are there for us because it all serves a purpose and we're to learn from that. We're not here to avoid anything. We're not here to deny it. We're not here to escape it. We're not here to try to bypass it. We're here to experience and move through so we fulfill all these things, including the fear of death itself. And in that, it sets us free. But the freedom comes because we have now a destination to go to called God. As Jim was sharing, to remember. We feel dismembered. <laughs> it's a gross way of saying it, maybe. When we come out of God and into this creation, we feel dismembered or we don't remember. And as we're waking up in the spiritual journey of, through meditation, we're remembering ourselves, becoming once again a member in union with God. And there is this process that this world would call it negative or fearful, but if you're in a spiritual world and watching it, the perspective isn't negative and fearful. It's called loving and the joy of the return. It's only a matter of perspective. From here, it is negative fearful. From up here, it's a loving action of now the soul returning. So the more we can have that perspective, one that can even help in overcoming the fears. But again, we're not about overcoming, we're about moving through it. So I hope maybe I answered and maybe gave more than what was being looked for, but that's really the case for everybody, regardless if it's a claustrophobia or something else that we're walking through in this journey of return. you have anything to add? The one thing I would say, too, you know, I talked earlier about giving it up to God, give everything up to God. And if you don't understand it, you don't remember a past life, what is causing maybe some of the energy, just give it up to God. Just say, God, I don't want this to separate me from you. I don't want it to separate me from myself, my inner self. And just give it up to God and let God then help you to handle it. 
and I think you'll find maybe understanding, clarity, uh, dreams might answer something, whatever. But keep giving it up to God and see what might happen. I think you'll find it quite interesting what could be revealed. It's a dream. This is a dream. I yes, was, this is a dream. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting to get into junior high school when a small but powerful woman dressed in a royal blue fitted pantsuit stepped regally out of a royal blue car. She had on a royal blue pillbox hat. Her hair was short, neat, and her facial features were chiseled. Somehow we both were waiting together. They came by and gave me a mat. It was literally a doormat. I was tasked with finding the 180th brown plastic tuft on this mat. As I was on my knees searching for it, the woman was stating somewhat loudly that she was very fit. Somehow, getting the 180 was indicative of a certain level of fitness. I told her that I felt that everyone should be fit, but that I didn't always do what it is necessary to be fit. That's it? That's it. <laughs> well, the royal blue is a, a color having to do with awakening to the greater truth within ourselves. And she's saying that she's very fit, to me means she's done the work to get to that level that she can really say that. And I think that woman in the royal blue represents that level of consciousness within you who is longing to fulfill something, to, to live something out or to move into that place of knowing I've done my part. And so I think that it's a reminder to you to really take care of yourself and to do what you need to do to take care of yourself and begin to make that a little bit more important than maybe you have in the past. And I would just add on and affirm what Jim was just saying that the, um, the statement of why, even though I know what to do, those aren't the exact words I know about, and maybe I don't do it all, that's, that's a nice statement of being honest with yourself. Mm -hmm. In other words, when you make a statement like that, pay attention to what that is you know you need to do that you're not doing because that is, that is your inner knowing letting you know what you do need to do to take responsibility for your thoughts, feelings, actions, and reactions because as you take responsibility and do what you know needs to be done is really how you liberate the soul. And that's really key, is when you really know what you need to do to liberate the soul, then you just need to do it. It's not like a have to or any certain timeline. It's really more of a need to when you are ready to. But at least there's the inner knowing that of that which you need to do. And that's really the key. That's what we all really want is we always ask God, you know, what do I, I want to know? What do I need to know? What do I need to do? Blah, 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 whatever that is to get home to God. Well, that's the inner knowing letting you know that's what you need to do. 
So pay attention to that and don't just blow it off. Look at it and don't judge yourself for it. It's not a time to beat yourself up either because you think you're not doing what you need to do. It's rather a reminder of like, hey, look at you've done a great job. Like Jim was saying, you've been doing the work and you've made it very far. And now here's just that little bit more to do. And the fact that it was going to junior high is letting you know where you're all along on the journey that you've really come a long ways and there's a little ways more to go yet. So pay attention. This journey is like school in a way because there are mm -hmm. lessons, but these lessons are the lessons of life of the soul's journey through this creation. It's not an intellectual process like we do in this world, but it's a learning process through our experience. That's how the soul learns and grows through this, this school of life. And so we need to pay attention to that and really acknowledge that. And what's always going to get us to pass is definitely the meditation. But that's also why we talk about LAF, loving, accepting, forgiving, and taking responsibility for our thoughts, feelings, actions, and reactions. And that, to me, is what a lot of the royal blue represents, is a lot of now handling that taking responsibility and doing the LAF. And the more we do that, then the more the meditation action with the sacred name will really serve us to get liberated. Thank you so much. These broadcasts have done so much to keep me going during um, this up and down time. I love you, Jim, Brian, and Kelsey, and, and I'm everlastingly grateful and feel so blessed to have you in my life. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> I've had so much doubt about the way I've done my path. I recently realized that I'm doubting and judging it myself, my way, almost constantly. I realize that I'm afraid to do it my way because I might be wrong, might be doing it wrong. Wrong is very big deal going back to childhood. Now I'm working on doing my path my way and I'm trying not to focus as much on the possibility of wrong, I'm doing my best to trust that God will set my course straight if need be. However, this pattern is deeply ingrained. I, seek a lack, I see a lack of trust everywhere in myself now since my newfound resolve keeps bringing it into my awareness. Love you and thank you. Well, to me, when I hear somebody judging themselves and making themselves wrong, like you're saying, one, we all do that. It's, it's probably one of the most common human conditions, no question. This, is, this creation is good and evil, right? Right and wrong. Tree of knowledge. That's what it's about. But even the tree of knowledge, what is that saying? It's about learning. It's about knowing. But in the right and wrong, it's about the knowledge of the mind that is based on judgment. So one is just to acknowledge the premises of this creation and let it be okay, just to accept it. So in other words, the harsher you judge yourself as right or wrong, the more you are fulfilling this creation. <laughs> so good job. <laughs> and that's really the truth. I make jokes like that, but those of you who've been around, you realize my jokes really contain a lot of truth because it's true. It's not until we often fulfill the polarity that we're ready to even really now begin the spiritual journey of awakening back home to God. So 
literally acknowledge yourself for doing that. In other words, instead of judging yourself for making yourself wrong, give yourself some credit for making yourself wrong. Just that alone will actually start to change that level of perception within yourself and begin to loosen and free up the energy of what judgment does. Judgment's like suppression. It's not like it, it actually does suppress us. And it's all based on fear. Everything starts in fear in this creation and then it manifests through judgment and right and wrong, good and evil, all of that. So we first have to acknowledge what that is. We don't want to deny it or avoid it. We want to acknowledge exactly what's going on and how this creation works in this land of reflection. Because when we do that and we come into acceptance of that, that begins to free us right there. And in that freedom is where we can begin to now open up to other possibilities. So you've got to take the first step. You can't bypass that. So take that first step and acknowledge that. I'm not going to tell people don't judge yourself. That's ridiculous because everybody does and everybody will. That part, I'm not going to say it ever stops until you leave this creation permanently, but it does get less and less the higher we go up into spirit. But in knowing that, we also need to begin to look at the lessons. What is it here to teach us? Because in all those judgments, all that wrongness, there's a lesson there. So what I do is, you just heard me share earlier, instead of looking at that, whenever I find myself judging myself or others or any circumstances or situations, is begin to look at and say, okay, so I'm in the pattern of judging, making wrong, and what am I to learn in this? That is the main question I have learned to literally ask myself all the time. What am I learning here? What is this teaching me? Again, it, it sounds like two questions, but it's really the same one question. Because as soon as I ask the question, I then open. And it's only as we open that allows us to start learning. As long as we keep judging and fearing, we keep the door closed, no opportunity to learn. As soon as we ask a question, it opens the door inside of our consciousness to start learning for the light of spirit to bring the revelation, to bring the awareness, to bring the understanding. Because everything here, no matter how negative or wrong it seems, is here to teach us something. But we have to bring ourselves to the place of learning and accepting and opening to what that is to teach us. That is our responsibility. Not God's. God's not going to do it for us or to us but God will walk with us. But that is our responsibility to start asking the questions, to open up, to look, to listen, so that we start learning what is, it is in this creation that we're here to learn. Because all the negativity, wrongness, evil, whatever you want to call it, is actually teaching us something. There's something to learn, as Jim said, in the separation. The experience here is about separation. But what are we learning in that? Well, we're only going to learn if we really open and ask so it can start to come forward to be revealed. And that's literally all we have to do. I always like to say there's really only one answer to every question, and that answer is God. But remember, in God is all things. 
So no matter what all the little questions and learnings along the way back to God, in God there's the all-knowing of everything. So that's why you hear us repeat over and over, it's always God first, God only, give it all up to God with all of it. And this is just one of the main ways and how to do that. Because I know so many times we give everything up to God, do the LAF, do everything, try to love it, and yet it, we feel stuck and it doesn't move or it doesn't open, it doesn't release. When that happens, that's letting you know it's time to really stop fighting and struggling with whatever it is that's not moving in you where you feel stuck, and it's time to start asking the questions and opening so that you start to learn the lesson there. And that's really the biggest key, no matter what it is. I mean that, no matter what it is. And uh, part of that for me would be a response of when I was about 12 or 13, I was getting a lot of people saying to me, I was doing my life wrong. I needed to do it different. I had to do it the right way. And so I took it inside and I just presented it to God and I said, what, what is this about? What am I to learn here? <clears throat> and right away it was, you've got to find your way. There's no right or wrong, there's your way. What works for you? What is that which is true for you? What answers it for you? And so from then on, I didn't listen to the world saying, this is wrong, this is right, because there is no right or wrong way when you're really looking and awakening to the, the self of who you are and what is your way. So look and find what is your way and realize there is no right or wrong. For some people, what is right and it works for them isn't what's going to work for you. And for others, that which is wrong in many people's eyes <clears throat> is working for them and that's their right way. So you've got to find what works for you and work that and stop looking outside of yourself and listening to what the world has to say. <laughs> Does that mean we have shorter, quicker answers? <laughs> Not necessarily. There's just a lot coming in. We'll just say yes or no. <laughs> a lot of our answers we give actually answer a lot of questions if you actually listen and pay attention. Yeah, they're great. Okay. Um, Here's a question for Jim and Brian. Many people <laughs> on the path of sound and light, including myself, recall very little meditation experience, even after years of participation. <coughs> Others seem to have epic cinemascope <laughs> adventures during their time in meditation, which must be encouraging to them to continue practicing. In any case... Who makes the decision about who will see and who will not recall these experiences and how is this decision made? Also, can the situation change over time and what can be done to encourage the ability to recall meditation experiences? Wow. <laughs> That's a, a question. Here's an answer. And this is just an answer. I mean, there's so many different answers to that state, that question. But <clears throat> the key in meditation really is to find the simplicity 
that silence, that focus point within you that will take you higher. Some people do end up going off on many different experiences and journeys. And in that, that's serving them to continue doing their meditation and going within. But also, sometimes in a lifetime of meditation, they go searching and running after those experiences and they don't stay focused on God. And so they have a lot of outer experience or inner experience, but they don't really continue the journey to the fullest that they could if they were just doing the simple meditation, chanting the sacred name, holding a focus on God, loving God and letting God love them and stay to that point of simplicity in their journey. And so why you don't get the experiences may be just that. It may be that in another lifetime, you were one that got caught up in all of the outer and inner experiences that people are describing, and you went off on a tangent chasing after that or believing that all that was the journey, and you didn't continue the journey to the fullest point. So it may be in this lifetime, it really is that it's to help you to really keep coming back to center, to keep coming back to simplicity, to keep God first and God only, like I always say, and not be distracted again in in this lifetime on these other actions of journeys that uh, are maybe relevant in some ways, but in other ways, maybe not. So I would look at it and say, Go for the simplicity. Go for God. Make God first. And make yourself, your soul first. And not the outer journeys that people are describing. Anything else? Well, like you said, there's definitely a lot of things. Um, Addressing the other part of who makes a decision, you do. Not you, that is the ego, you, that is the soul, makes the decision what is going to best serve you. And that is truly based upon life after life. Just like Jim was saying, maybe in a past life, you had more of that and it was a distraction. So then in the learning of all that, then at the soul level, a choice is made not to have that so that we can learn different things and also to be able to not have all the distractions like Jim was saying to be able to really hold to the simplicity to really go beyond all the phenomena and really now move through the straight and narrow on up into the spiritual realms back into God because as much phenomena as there is that's mostly metaphysical that's on the other realms of the astral causal mental and etheric and in that it's an amazing wondrous journey but it is also still of all this creation of time and space, all of it. And what we're doing on this pathway is transcending all of that. We're going beyond this physical creation and into the realm of soul and spirit. And in order to do that, we have to learn how to hold on that one centered point and that sacred name and that inner light that literally is the straight and narrow that goes through all of it and beyond all of it. And that's where not having all these inner experiences can be a real service to us so that we don't get distracted and caught up in all the phenomena so that we do go into the realm of the spirit and get liberated. 
And that's the key. And that's why you hear us talk more and hear about just the inner golden white light or the purple light or the blue and pink because we're just trying to give you that alignment and the most common simple things that people do see and a hold of that. You're better off, if you see that purple light, you're better off just holding in that and being in the peace and the subtlety of it as long as you can, if that's what's going to get you to God, than to have all these epic experiences if that's going to distract you. And that's really the truth. All the other, if you do have it, it's there for this lifetime just to serve you. And the other part of the question is, can it change? Yes. Like before I had this lifetime, my awakening spiritually, I had no idea about spirit and inner experiences. But as soon as I started meditating, it all opened up. I started having experience. So yes, it can change. So let that be okay. But if all you're doing is making your meditation about having experience, you're missing the point mm -hmm. of what we're trying to do here. The point is not to have experience of all this other stuff. The point is going home to God. If all the other stuff happens or doesn't happen, then leave that up to God. So I guess that's the other part of the answer of who decides. Well, your soul decides, but that's decided with God. And how your ego plays in all that is also part of the equation. So it's all of it. But all of it is you, because you are all of it. Hi, Brian and Jim. My question is, I lately have become aware that I feel disconnected from my physical body. It does not seem to be part of what I'm aware of. I seem to be vibrating just above my head where I don't have mind chatter or emotional sensations. All quiet, in a state of observation and being just being present. Actively engaging in this state of being. Having from deep within a sense of joy, inner contentment, and peace. Then something happens. I turn my focus to said situation and feel an unpleasant sensation in my body. I deal with whatever is in front of me to then turn to this peaceful state again. Sorry, to turn to this peaceful state of being, like I am floating or daydreaming. Could you please explain what is happening in this state of being there is nothing to do or present? Or present? Well, you're waking up into that which is more of a spiritual nature. Just like we say, in that place at the sea of the soul and beyond is where you find the peace and the joy, the quiet, and the contentment of things. And yet, we are in the body as well. So you're going to be involved in the world. You're going to be involved in events in the world, and your body is going to experience it. And so you're going to be pulled down, and that's just natural. And you go down and you have the experience and you learn from it. But bring the experience up, up to the soul and up to God and, and learn to live from here and in this, but also learn how to participate in the world as well because that's important. While you're in the body and in this world, there's lessons to learn, things to experience, things to move through, things to let go of. And we can only do it if we are a part and parcel with the world as well as with our soul. So find 
the way to balance that. It's not about one or the other. We live in both worlds. I live in both worlds. And there are sometimes things in the world that will upset me in the world. But I take that upsetness into spirit, into God, and I hold it there to bring it into balance, to bring it into clarity and understanding so that I can come back down here and then answer it in a different way than I would if I was all upset and ready to yell at something. You want to see what that looks like? <laughs> Not right now, I don't. That's it. Okay. I literally was going to say the last, the second part of what he just said, I was going to answer, and then he said it, so. Perfect. Since the lockdown, I am not involved in outside life as before, but meditate and using LAF. However, I can feel an energy going around inside of me wanting to hook in somewhere. My mind wants something to hook into, but with my state of being, it is now, it is now an option not to follow the mind all the time, or if I do, I can course direct easier now. I don't want to go back to the old way once lockdown is finished. Can you maybe talk a little bit about this? Thank you. I love you both so much. My heart is overflowing for you. Go ahead. I was just going to say, I don't know if there's much to talk about. It sounds like they have it handled. I'm well, I, th I think what they're saying is, what do I do when I end up getting caught back out in the world again? And th that's, that's going to be the challenge. I mean, that is the challenge of this world. It's ever going to be pulling on you and calling you back out. And it's just up to you. Now that you have a reference point, now that you know there's something other than the world to choose into, you can rise above the mind and take charge of it and, in a sense, direct the mind as to where it's going to get involved and not. And when you catch yourself going back down out into the world through the mind to get caught up in something, as soon as you realize what's happening, it's up to you to bring yourself back up here to the seat of the soul and then make a choice as to whether or not that's where you really want to have your energy, your attention caught up in or involved with and look at it and see, is there something for me to learn here or is there something for me to let go of? And that'll, that'll answer a lot of it for you. And it's just part of the world challenge. Inward and upward, down and out, inward and upward, down and out. And it's learning how to balance all that. And I think you will be able to balance it because you're doing the meditation. And meditation will be the key by which you balance it all. Amen. <laughs> During my meditation today, I had an amazing awareness. For some time during my meditation, I would hope that my body wouldn't disturb and distract me with its twitching, etc. I felt it I felt when it happened at times I would go into annoyance thinking my body was trying to fight my soul to keep me here. I know you both have shared with me over and over that those twitches are just the setting I as soul are just the setting I as soul free from all the attachments and webs I have created. For so long, it was just annoying. Well, today I did something different. I went with it, accepted it, loved it. And what my inner voice kept saying is, this is what, this is what God first, God, God only is. 
loving and accepting it all going with the flow of loving. Then those twitches became a liberation that when it would twitch, it would be another little attachment I was just liberated from. <laughs> now I know what you two meant. Excellent. That's it. That's it. You know, I, I can't say anything else beyond that. She, that the person's doing it. And that's the key. You just do it until it gets done. And when it's done, then you know. And yeah, you still may have the twitches at times, but you'll understand what that's all about and you'll relax into it and allow it and rise above it all. Excellent. Hi, Jim and Brian. Hi. <laughs> I'm making big changes inside myself towards a more loving space, but a lot of darkness is bubbling up and I don't know if I'm going backwards or getting freer if this darkness is showing up to get released. When the darkness shows up, I think I am very mentally sick and something is very wrong with me because my thoughts are horribly dark and twisted and I go into suicidal thoughts really fast. I don't know what's going on. It's like a horror movie of trauma and dark imagination that overtakes me, especially around sex. Also, oh, do you want to, do you want me to keep going or want to? Yeah, I was going to say I could have interrupted even just a little while back. So one, one thing to keep in mind, regardless of the, um, the expression, it doesn't matter what, if it's dark or twisted or anything. I want everybody to know, on this pathway, when you truly have the intention to go home to God and you take the steps of doing the meditation, learning the teachings, taking the actions like we teach here, you can just know that no matter what shows up, it is you getting free. I know when the dark stuff shows up, it feels like we're going backwards. But remember what we always say, that dark stuff's going to come up because that's what stands between us and God, and we have to move through that. That's why it comes up. Those are the lessons that we are here to learn by taking responsibility, by asking the question, what am I here to learn, by practicing loving, accepting, forgiving, and by making God more important. That's how we get through it. That's all we have to do. So no matter how dark, how bad, how twisted, does not matter at all. All that matters is that we just keep walking towards God. That's it. Does not matter what shows up. How good for that matter as well as how bad. Because sometimes a lot of good can show up. If we've got good karma because we've done a lot of good and it comes back to us this life, that could distract us. And we could get caught up in that and then not go to God. Just as much as the bad stuff. It doesn't matter if it's good or bad stuff. What matters is that we just keep walking towards God no matter what. That's the thing to remember. If you keep doing the meditation, moving towards God, that's what matters. Don't let all the other stuff make you doubt yourself. Because it will. It'll make you doubt yourself. You'll, start to, you'll judge yourself. You'll start to think you are going backwards. But that's what it wants you to do. That's the false belief. That's the illusion of it all. The truth is, nothing can stop you from getting home to God. That's the truth. But we have to now just 
do it. You don't have to believe it. You don't have to believe any of this. You just have to take the actions and do it. And that's what will get you through it, no matter what all the details are. In truth, the details don't even matter. Now, also having said that, for the details that are for us individually, that's where our lessons are. And as I shared earlier, it's just a matter of being willing to look and to learn. But how do we learn? How do we look? Through loving. When you can love yourself and love the situations, you'll be willing to look and you'll be willing to learn. And that's why it's key. But in order to do that, we just have to keep moving towards God because that's the only way we can do the loving. And in that, it'll give us the strength, the courage, whatever we need to actually to do the looking and the learning along the way. And I would say, don't look outside yourself for the loving. Go inside and say to yourself, I love who I am. I love myself just as I am. I am loving, and I am living that loving more each day. And I am going to bring the loving into all these areas that I call my darkness and love it as well, because this is all a part of me, but it's a part of me that has gone into separation. And I've got to bring it back unto myself, whatever this is, and love it. I forgive myself if I created it and separated myself from myself. And I accept it just as it is and allow it to be what it is, but I'm going to love it and transform it into the loving. And that you can do. It sounds like a lot, but it isn't. Whenever the darkness comes up, whenever the suicidal comes up, whenever the sexual urge comes up, you love it all and you bring God into it all. And by doing that, it will begin to transform. And then it's up to you not to give in to the deep darkness of it all and go deep into it and get lost in it. But it's rather bring God into it and then let God assist you in staying distant from it or separating from it or calling it forward into the true nature of itself, which is your loving. It's that you've, you've focused outside of yourself for an answer. You're looking for loving outside of yourself and now you've got to go inside and find the loving for yourself that's there. That'll be the difference. And until then, you are going to experience these things, and you've got to find a new way of, of having the experience of how, how you're going to handle it, how you're going to deal with it. If you give in to it and let it play on you and take you down a dark tunnel, hey, that's what we do at, at playgrounds. We go into dark tunnels. We go into the roller coasters to have those experiences. So have the experience of whatever the roller coaster ride is that you're putting yourself on and look to see where you can get off, how you can get off, and stop having to ride the, the ride all the time. I don't know if that analogy is a good one, but I, I have a feeling it might be. And maybe not, because some of us like roller coasters. <laughs> but like anything, anything, once you do it enough, it gets common and boring and you want to do something else. True. And that's often the case, that once we've been through something enough, just the fact of going through it over and over and over and over, and in that repetition, we start to realize nothing changes. Some part of us begins to eventually realize nothing changes. I keep going through this. What's the point of it? You know, 
I want to do something else, and then you do. Literally, it can be that simple. But as long as you keep judging it and making it wrong and struggling with it, it locks you into it. So if you look at how long you've done the pattern and all the circumstances that come with the pattern, if you go back and look at your history and see how you've done it over and over and over, you'll start to realize not really much has changed other than maybe a name and a face. And that's an important thing to look at because in that you'll come into greater acceptance and realize, wow, I'm still alive. I'm okay. I may get upset, but I'm not truly hurt or harmed, even though sometimes I'd like to believe I am. So what's really going on here? I guess it doesn't matter I'm going through this, so I might as well just get on with things anyway. And that's eventually often what will break whatever addictions or behaviors or patterns we have that we think we can't get out of. Because we're not trying to get out of habits, addictions, and patterns. We're trying to go home to God. You focus on going home to God, all the habits, addictions, and patterns, they kind of get taken care of just by themselves because if you make God your focus, you'll start to look at things in the way like we're sharing now. And what I just described is what I did in my own life with my own habits, addictions, and patterns. I just looked at how they played, and every time I realized, well, I guess I'm all right, and gosh, I'm not the only one who goes through this. Pretty much all of humanity does, so what's the big deal? And I just started coming to greater acceptance. I made it okay, in other words, instead of judging it as something wrong. It's something that's common to the animal nature, so why not just accept the animal nature? And as soon as I moved into acceptance, I was able to be open to loving, and that's when everything transformed for me. You can go ahead and read the rest of it if you want. We probably answered it all, but if there's anything more to comment, we'll say it. If not, we'll just let it go. Okay. Also, I'm trying to spring clean, like Brian said, a pattern that I've carried my whole life of self-destruction. When, when I have an argument with a loved one, I spiral quickly into unworthiness and I go into a traumatic state where all I can think of is self-harming. I tried a few times to break the cycle and stop the trauma, and it took a lot of effort, but I was able to not go on for so many hours like before. I think that that state of being in pure survival mode and wanting to die and hating myself has a sweet taste of being in the known. I find some pleasure in dwelling in that state, even though it hurts me so much. I would like to let go of it. Can you please help me? Thank you. You know, one thing I would say is this. The pattern you're describing is based a lot on disappointment in the world, that you didn't get the love from your parents or your family, and you're not getting it now, and no matter what you do, they're making you wrong, and no matter what you do to adjust that, it's still wrong. And so you're going to find that you're looking outside in the world to get things right, to get love from those that can't love you. And it's not that they can't love you, it's that they don't love themselves to be able to love another. And so it really is now pull all that energy in and start just finding that way to be with yourself and to love yourself and to let you be the fulfillment of all that that you're looking for in the world. Because the world isn't the answer. And the people don't have 
that energy to give you to answer it. So you've got to pull all that looking outside of yourself for that and take it inside and let them have their lives and you discover your life by loving yourself. And the way you find the, the love for self is loving God and asking God to love you and opening. You have to open and allow God's loving in and then you're going to begin to find that love of self, that true self-loving that will fulfill you and answer a lot of what you're longing for. You just described what I did years ago. Yeah, that's true. Mm -hmm. That's really true. <laughs> I hadn't thought of that. Does <laughs> it? Hello. Hello. I enjoyed the end of the meditation today as usually I get out of meditation the same way I wake up and I do not take the time to contemplate my meditations and jump back into the world with no transition as I don't practice much transitions in my life as I speed too much. However, I noticed that if I experience a good meditation like today and I know it was good as I felt the peace and the movement of loving and worked so many things out and I feel renewed from today's meditation but it becomes impossible to regroup and remember anything at the end of meditation. I only remember the bad meditations. I know there is no good or bad of anything, but I qualify the bad meditations as the ones where I don't travel anywhere and are full of mind pains and troubles. My most com common kind of daily meditations, unfortunately. The energy of the group definitely helps me a lot. It definitely helps me a lot to help me achieve a good meditation most of the time. I wish I could remember my meditation today as I feel renewed and I know I went through a lot of transformations in such a short meditation. But transitions was a great thing to learn today at the end of this great meditation but it didn't bring back any memories at all. Usually good meditation don't bring back any memories for me ever. Any suggestions? Go ahead. Yeah, to me it sounds like when you're really having the good meditations, you're really opening the spirit and getting free of all the other stuff. And there's nothing to really remember in that regard because you're really moving into neutrality and unconditional loving. To me, when you, when you have memory and the bad stuff, that's letting you know where your lessons are and what to love, to accept, to forgive. So what you do remember in the bad stuff, just pay attention. And again, what are you to learn there? Just ask the questions and begin to do the LAF with all that so that eventually even the bad stuff you start to forget. It's not that you really forget it, it's that you actually neutralize it and dissolve it. To me, that's what a lot of that is. And more than likely, you'll find that the more the bad stuff that neutralizes and dissolves, you'll start to actually remember the good stuff. The other very practical tool that can be used right along with what I just said, because what I just said is really more the main focus. It's the inner spiritual. The other physical tool you can use is just journaling. It's just having a journal that, you know, it's just more of a discipline when you get done meditating, write something in the journal. 
even if what you write in the journal is, I don't remember anything in meditation. Mm-hmm. It's okay to do that. Just start writing, and eventually you open a door to allow that remembrance to come forward as you write in the journal. And another technique with journaling is, even if you don't remember anything, make something up. Well, if I would remember, or if I did remember what happened in meditation, this is what it was. And then you just make something up and literally write down a fantasy if you want. In other words, what happens is when you begin to express it, it opens that door in the consciousness to allow it to start to come forward until eventually you actually do start remembering more of what took place. That's well put. She says aloha and thanks. (laughs) Keep going and I'll be able to hear, but I need to use the restroom a sec. Okay. I have a reoccurring dream that I would love more clarity on. I find myself coming down a steep hill, and to my right is a white castle-like structure, very large with many rooms. As I proceed down the hill, I see to my right a very large grove of white trees. Then a clearing, and at the bottom of the hill is one very large tree. Under the tree are lots of benches. A gathering place. Recently, in the same dream, I saw a small homemade fan had been added. I love this dream, always awake, feeling peaceful. Would love more clarity on its meaning, meaning, sending love and gratitude to all. Well, it's interesting you're coming down, not going up. So it means you're up at a higher level and you're coming into a place where you have experience. But it's white, and it's peaceful and quiet. And to me, that means that you're coming into a greater understanding of some things in spirit, in the peace of yourself. And the gathering place is really a good place in spirit, under a tree, which would be a very good place, and how it would look in spirit is to be gathering together with others, to be in in counsel, to be in remembering, to be in participation in the loving and in the group consciousness. Um, So really, that's a very good experience. I I don't know what else to say than that. Do you have, did you hear it? No, that's... Oh. So I I think that that, um, I, I don't have a lot of pointers on anything in that. That's excellent. I have been passionate about my work and career all my life. Having been off of work for two months, I was surprised to realize that I do not miss it and I do not have a (laughs) desire to return. (laughs) And I feel neutral about this. As you said in your talk, Brian, I realize this as the old dying off to make room for the new, a significant step towards better focus on soul and leaving this realm. Nothing this significant in letting go has ever occurred in my life. Do you have any further directives for when this happens? I still need to work for a while. You know, the the key always is, is just keep looking to God. Just keep doing the meditation. 
because no matter how it comes about, when it is time for change, change will happen because we will have had the experiences we needed to have to learn whatever lessons we needed to learn. It really is as simple as that. No matter how it comes about, whether it's just in our own individual lives or if it's on a global scale, no matter how it happens, it's just as long as we keep looking to God and knowing that's where we're moving towards, then life will literally unfold itself. And every single circumstance that does unfold literally just gets us that much closer to God and fulfilling our journey here in this creation until it's really, truly complete, no matter what that is. And that's really the simplicity of this pathway and of this journey, regardless of all the details, all the circumstances, no matter how small or large, literally. And sometimes I know that's hard for people to understand because the ego wants to make everything so important or so dramatic or so traumatic or so wonderful or so anything, and that really just distracts us from really the truth of it all. It's not to say don't enjoy the ups and downs or roller coasters of the trauma, drama, and joy and wonderfulness. Just know that's part of life here, but all of us is literally ushering us forth to just simply have experience to fulfill why we've come here and truthfully, really just to fulfill God, not just why we've come here, but to really fulfill God by coming here and moving throughout all of God's creation. Because this is just one aspect of God's creation and we as the soul are gonna go into all, all the different aspects of God's creation so that we fulfill ourselves in all of God and God within us. Very good. Well, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that means you don't have anything else to add? No, that was very good. <laughs> Recently, I experienced a meditation in which Jim and Brian each took one hand, one on each side of me, and walked me up steps to a very bright figure, like a white or yellow light, or white-yellow light. There was a flash that spread across the sky, and I merged with this light. But just as suddenly as this happened, it seemed that I was trapped in some kind of geometric figure, like a crystal, looking out at this happening in the distance and could not seem to get out. I felt like I was just observing and not really in the experience. I decided to stop struggling to see if that would work and then found myself above the light in a dark place but feeling free. A few weeks earlier, few weeks later, I had the same image of Jim and Brian leading me up the stairs but this time I was participating and not observing and in the light and I felt a great experience of loving. My question is about the meaning of first observing an experience and then later in a different meditation participating in the experience. Both were good experiences and brought me closer to God, but the observation experience had initial frustration with it. The first one <clears throat> had the mind element in it. <clears throat> the mind was trying to figure it out or understand it or participate in it in some way. <clears throat> and so that's the geometric figure or place that she got into. 
the geometric would be that element of mind, of structure. And uh, that causes separation and it causes us to, to block in experience. What we want to do is go into experience in soul and spirit. So the second dream is where she's going, or the second experience is where she's going into it fully and not approaching it through the mind. Very good. <laughs> I had an experience last September that lasted several hours. I'd like to understand more of what it was. I felt a shift as I was in the park. I began to see everything around me in a glittering kind of light, a different way of seeing. I stood, then sat by a tree and simply observed, wanting to really feel it for as long as it lasted. I spoke to no one. I could only smile, and yet I felt I was connecting to each living thing. I was outdoors with many people moving about near a large body of water. I saw the lovely and beauty, I saw the love and beauty and glow of each person, each plant. The glow was visible to me, almost as if I knew their inner being. I could feel the joy of those in the water, the lightness of spirit of those walking or laying on the grass, enjoying the vibration of those playing music. I could almost see the musical notes dancing in the air. The children seemed expanded in joy. I felt love moving about. Tears covered my face as I was in such appreciation. I felt I was experiencing what was very real in that moment, and possibly every moment, and I had only then awakened to it. Was this an experience where I was seeing and connecting to the God in myself and everyone? It was glorious. How might I experience this more often? Thank you both so much for presenting to us and for answering our questions. It's delightful to be with you. I love you. Why are you looking at me? <laughs> yes. I mean, I mean, anything I say is just kind of commenting on your experience, but a lot of, we're going to wake up to that oneness on all the different levels. The, what matters is it's happening within us. When you wake up to that divinity within yourself, you're going to begin to see that divinity in all things. That is the oneness, and you're going to begin to see it on every level. And so you're seeing it on the physical level, but that's because you're waking up to it inside of yourself. And it's quite not only profound, but it is wonderful, as you're saying, to have that on the physical level. And I remember years ago when I was having that, and boy, I just wanted to live that way every day because literally it made living in the physical wondrous and magical and amazing. And... I know when I had those experiences in the physical, as great as it was, one, they didn't stick around where I wish they did, but also I realized then I would keep focusing, looking for it in the physical. 
And I realized that could become a distraction. I mean, a dent because the dent keep happening. <laughs> I had those experiences here and there. But I always realized, though, it's like, well, that only happened because I was meditating, that I was waking up inside of myself. That's where I first started realizing what the Christ consciousness really was, that the wakened soul within myself, and in that I could see that within everybody and all things. And that's really where I'd like to say the magic and the majesty of life is. And just be grateful and just accept that as one of your wonderful experiences along your journey as, into your awakening. The truth is that we're going to eventually transcend this level anyway, but what we take with us is the beauty of seeing that, that truth of life and that light that is life in all things, because in truth that exists spiritually, and that's the reality of everything in existence. And eventually, though, all this other dissolves. You'll just literally see everything dissolve. It's like the matrix. It's all an illusion. And then all that's left is that majestic, magical light of loving. And that is always real and always present. But when you live in that fully, it will be in the soul realm and the realms of spirit. And that's really what we want anyway, because eventually we need to transcend and let go of this physical creation. And as much as you probably realize that and understand that, it's just there's that part of us that is of the animal nature, the ego, that even unbeknownst to us consciously will even unconsciously still try to figure that out or experience that again in the world. And that's okay. That's just part of what happens and what we do, but the soul of us and with God and the Holy Spirit are going to keep moving forward anyway, and we'll just, you know, see this as one of those experiences along the way. But it is a really the greater awakening, not just an experience, but really in that experience, a greater knowing now that we are waking up to. So cherish that embrace it, just love it, just like you are and how you described. In some ways, I don't even like commenting on people's experiences like this because sometimes I feel like any comment or words I say could just get in the way and diminish um, your experience because I know those experiences are the most amazing things and we do not want even our words or anybody's to diminish that. So please, don't let any anybody diminish that. Sometimes experiences like that are sometimes better to really keep to ourselves and not share with other people because a lot of other people not understanding that um, can diminish that. And that's why I'm even trying to be careful of my words right now and even what I'm saying and expressing this so that you realize not only anybody but even me that, you know, whatever is said doesn't diminish that because words like even talking now i feel like all my words are feeling falling short to what those experiences are like because i remember having my own like that and they're just absolutely incredible they're real that's the reality i wish we could live in that every single day in truth we do we just don't have that conscious awareness or experience of that every day physically but it's just it's there it's not like it's there and gone once you awaken to that, that is always awake inside of you. 
even if that's not your daily experience of life, that's always awake inside of you. I would just say that's a great awakening and just allow more and more of that to happen, if you will, because that is what Ruby said, wake up, wake up. That's the awakening into the greater truth and realizing the difference between that which you're awakening to and the illusion that this world really is. Dearest Jim and Brian, thank you for being the most amazing teachers for never giving up on any of us. I was listening to a talk from 2006 or 7 where Brian was saying that you have laid the foundation for this path. Everything going forward will be repeating or restating. Again That's today, true. your talk about it takes time here, can take months or few years. Yeah. Well, I began with you over 30 years ago, and some of the lessons have taken that long. Last month, I was saying all the stuff... It sounded like only about the physical, but it was about seeing the spirit in the, m in the moment of the stuff going on in my life of many lives in this year of life. I can go through many lives in a month. I thought it would slow down after 30 years, but it seems <laughs> to be going even faster. What I was trying to say was that though that through me step stepping up and taking responsibility for myself, LAFing through the whole process, giving it up to God, that now I can even get to the loving inside for me and everyone else involved in the moment now. It can look like a shit show in the physical, but I can move into the gratitude, learning and loving in the shit, so in the moment, so in the moment now. It really isn't shit. It really is God loving me home this life. None of it really mattered. None of it was personal. Everything was loving and a blessing. The only truth is God's loving and we are all God's loving children. I can know this, live this, and then the next minute new shit can hit the fan in the physical again. But now I remember myself back into God quickly because you have helped anchor my own remembering back inside of me. Thank you for repeating over and over and over. It doesn't matter what talk of yours I put on to listen to. When I am in the thick of this world, which will happen as long as I am still here in the physical realms, they all say the same thing now, and that is loving. And if I forget, and I will, your talks, books, etc. ever remind me. I am a divine child of light and loving. That is all that matters in matter. Your loving initiate. Boy, that's well wow. put. That is well put. Thank you. That's great. That helps us to continue doing what we're doing. And we'll continue repeating ourselves all the time. <laughs> And I like what you said about the talks. I do that myself to this day. I listen, I listen, literally listen to our talks every single week, several times a week. And it really doesn't matter which one I listen to. I just kind of intuitively pick one in a way I feel drawn to, but it's always the right message at the right moment. And 
in truth, it really doesn't matter because no matter which one I listen to, it always does the job of doing exactly what you said. That's for sure. And that's why we make these available. That's the main reason we even do the broadcast and why we have the website and have posted all the talks there for that reason. We know the meditation is really key in working with the sacred name, but we also know in our humanity that we just need that extra support. And listening to the talks has always done that for me, and it's nice to hear that that's doing it for others as well, for sure. I can listen to a talk, and it brings me right into that frequency of the Holy Spirit, and I just keep riding it and going with it even when the talk is done. Okay. Hi. During the, med the beginning of meditation, I often experience a slow, pulsing purple light. Mm -hmm. Sometimes the purple light becomes surrounded with a vibrant pink light that flows in that pulsing from the outer edges like a wave moving into the center and melting in with the purple light. Lately, I'm seeing the same thing with the outer circle of golden light pulsing in a flowing wave from the outer edges and into the center, melting into the purple light. What is occurring during this? The the inner sounds also change from a mid-range humming to a low bass hum and then to an extremely high-pitched ringing that is so high-pitched it's almost inaudible. Thank you in loving. You want to say? You go first this time. Well, the purple light is the Holy Spirit. And the pink is the loving. The loving that God has for you, the loving that you have for you, the loving that is moving and living in you. And so it's showing you that you're awakening yourself into the loving of self and the loving of God. And you're opening to receive God's loving in the same way. And the golden light is that which is awareness of the soul itself. You're beginning to wake up now to being more aware of who you are as a soul being. And the, at the center of it all is the movement of the Holy Spirit to, to assist you in doing that. So that's very, very profound, very meaningful. And I think it's just awesome that you and others are having the experience of literally seeing the inner light and hearing the inner sound. Yeah. And literally what you just described is, it's funny to call it ordinary or, or simple, but yet it is because what you described is exactly the truth and the same for all of us. It's just a matter of if we can still ourselves enough and focus enough inwards and upwards to be aware of it. It's all it boils down to. What I experience most the time when I meditate is like what you just described. When we go into meditation and I still myself and focus, I literally, in that quiet, the purple light shows up and then usually, most common for me is like white light around the edges. But when other colors show up, I just enjoy it and get the love. I always feel a peace and that sensation on my head 
and that ringing in the ears, and that's it. That's the main thing I experience consistently every single time I meditate, and I just stay with that and just be in it as long as I can, and any time I get distracted, <clears throat> I just do what I can to come back to that focus and chant the sacred name because that always brings me there and always focus looking inwards and upwards um, for the inner light, no matter how. So literally what you described is literally what I always say and recommend <coughs> to everybody. That is what I would recommend if you're going to do anything in meditation as far as looking or listening for is just like you described. And then just stay with it as long as you can because it, that is literally the Holy Spirit and the different frequencies of that Holy Spirit <clears throat> that works with us in the awakening process and the unifying process. And if that's all you have, you have everything. That's it. The whole phrase of peace be still and know that I am. Well, when you come into the peace and stillness, those colors, that frequency, that loving, those sounds is the I am coming present in your consciousness. Peace be still and know that I am right there in that moment. And as soon as we close our eyes and go into meditation, that can show up instantaneously or it might show up in a few minutes. But that is the I am literally coming present as we move into the peace and stillness. Literally, just go for that. If there's anything you want to look or listen for, that's it. And the longer you hold into that, the more literally that frequency of loving will just dissolve all these karmas, all these attachments, all the garbage, all the stuff we want to get rid of. It'll just do it unbeknownst to us and some things we will know. Because as long as we can hold our focus, knowing shows up. We'll be aware of things moving, themes or lessons. They just unfold. But as soon as we go and focus into those things in our awareness, all of a sudden you notice the inner light goes away, the sound goes away, and now we're all caught up in our mind. At least that's what happens to me. But as soon as I catch myself now thinking about all that that I was first just aware of as I was watching the inner light and listening, I go, oh, there it is. Because when I do that, I can feel literally like the door closing, putting a lid on it, and I feel shut off. I can literally feel this separation. And every time that happens, I know I'm engaged in the mind and the light's gone. Every time. Just that easy so easy we miss it I mean it's so easy we literally miss it and don't even realize what we just did but as soon as we do realize that all we have to do is go is stop the thinking and come right back to looking in and up and chanting the name again and as soon as we do that can open up that separation I feel just literally just opens right up literally like a portal which it really is a portal beyond space and time and into the spirit that is timeless and that's all we have to do over and over and over. And eventually in that, all the attachments that weigh us down are dissolved. And when the time is, then God will literally lift us literally right out of the body. Or we'll stay in the body. It doesn't matter because the same action takes place, whether we're in body or out of body, because it doesn't have anything to do with the body. 
It has everything to do with the soul and God and the Holy Spirit. Regardless if you're having your experience in the body or out of body, it doesn't matter how you're experiencing. It just matters that you are. And that's very well described. That's what I try to talk about. Um, minus the pink and the blue or the gold, I often just talk about the purple or the white in that because it's just the most common way. But I, I hope everybody hears this and wish everybody would get this all the time. And if you realize that and what I'm saying now, that you would let go of trying to get messages, get your questions answered, trying to have experience, all of that, because all that other distracts you from the simplicity that is really God's loving right then and there and just the subtlety of that peace and that inner light and sound that you hear. But when you do that and you give it all up to God and you let God now unfold you, then that inner light and sound will take you into greater experience. But the experience it'll take you into is true spiritual experience, not the psychic metaphysical stuff. It'll take you through the psychic metaphysical into the spirit because that which you just described, that light and sound, is spirit. When you go into that spirit, you are in spirit. No matter which realm you are on, you are in spirit. You can move out of that, though. You can go onto that, into that river of loving and start to move through the realms, and then all of a sudden you can look somewhere. Just like I said, I get distracted in my thoughts, and then I'm in my thoughts. Well, that's when I'm in the body. I've gone out of body and have done the same thing. I've gone out of body watching the purple light, and then all of a sudden I'll feel myself being drawn right out. I'll go through the tunnel, and just like that, I'm out of body and I'm traveling on that light and sound, and God's bringing me home. And then as I'm traveling that, all of a sudden I can look somewhere, and just like that, I will be out of that river of loving and now into whatever the experience I was focusing on, just like a thought in my mind. Well, the same thing, when I go out of body, I could be in the mental realm and that thought, now I'm actually having the experience on that realm of that thought. It's the same thing whether you're out of body or in body. That thought we have in body, you can experience out of body in that realm. And that's where it gets really wild and that's great and fantastic because you've heard me talk about it a lot and that's what has motivated me and enthused me and I still love it. But at this point, I also know it can be a distraction because you can get so caught up in having the experience and the phenomena of all of that that you can get distracted, as Jim was saying earlier, than just staying in the flow of the river of loving. But even when I've done that, I have learned to just surrender and when I do, it's like God brings me right back in the river of loving, and then all of a sudden I just keep on going up and beyond wherever that was I got distracted. Again, out of body or in body. It's the same. It's the same. You just keep coming back to that river of loving that is the light and the sound, as we talk about and what you just described. So good job. Thank you for reaffirming all that and given me the opportunity to emphasize or overemphasize it once again. <laughs> it's the biggest deal. That's why I'm going on and on. It is the biggest deal 
what you just shared. Thank you so much for sharing today and the opportunity to ask questions. I'm grateful to everyone at ILM for all that you do in making it possible for us to stay connected. In response to Brian's WGOD and the different frequencies we tune into, I was, I was reminded of an inner experience I had 10 years ago and could never really figure it out, figure out whose voice was speaking to me, a voice I found very frightening. I had a dream in meditation where I was seeing so many different faces in front of me, one after another, and the expressions on their faces was that of suffering, pain, and troubled looks. My voice inside said, it's okay, everything is going to be okay. Then I heard a radio being tuned into so many different stations with many different voices, languages, and sounds of radio-like frequencies. Then one very clear, loud male voice came through and it said, you will do as I say. I instantly felt fear. I felt goosebumps underneath my skin and I was so afraid I yelled internally with all my might, no. <laughs> then instantly the sounds stopped and I entered into a very deep, quiet state. When I opened my eyes, it felt like only a few minutes went by, but when I looked at the clock, 45 minutes had passed. It was the first time I had ever felt timelessness and a deep inner peace. My question is, whose voice was in, that ra was in the radio waves? The voice that I was so afraid of that I said no to so strongly, yet ended up teaching me how to release the concept of time and experience deep peace. Thank you. Well, that's very significant and very powerful. Uh, you were in meditation, you were doing the meditation of light and sound for the liberation of the soul. And that voice that came across the frequencies, that is the voice of the Lord of this creation, sometimes called Kal, sometimes called Lucifer. But that's the Lord of this creation saying to you, you will do it his way. You're going to follow him. And you said no. And that is a very profound moment because you're saying no to this creation. You're not going to do it this way anymore. You're not going to follow that voice anymore of all the suggestions of do this, get caught up here. And you're now following the simple path that is the straight and narrow, which is peaceful, quiet, and end of spirit. And so this is, that's very powerful. That's a good question and a good memory. All I can do is agree with it. I mean, one, it's just nice to hear people are having these experiences. Yeah. And literally, it's joy. It's a joy for Jim and I to hear uh, people having experiences like this because these are the experiences we'll have, whether we remember them or not. These are the type of experiences every soul will have that is on this pathway and going home to God. Whether you remember or not, in truth, it doesn't matter. What matters is you, the soul, has the experience. And at one point you will know and remember it. It's just a matter of when. 
but when you have it consciously now before you leave the body for the last time, that's just a wonderful blessing to have. But if you don't have that, and I'm saying this because I know like the earlier statement or question, somebody saying they don't have experiences, we just want to be clear, just because you don't remember doesn't mean you're not having the experience. Yeah. A lot of the times we won't remember because the mind can get in the way and even the good experiences, the mind can diminish. Just like I was trying to say, I don't want, and sometimes I don't want to say anything because, you know, just any words could diminish our profound experiences. Well, we can do the same for ourselves just with our own mind and our own words. And that's why sometimes maybe better not remember certain things because our own mind could diminish our own profound inner experiences, mm -hmm. not just somebody else. And that can be a blessing. So don't look at when you don't have experience, something's wrong because it's not. But when you do have experience, like what we're you know, just talking about here, then it really is best just to have that profound gratitude and know that even what seems scary is actually a huge blessing. And you know, it's, tell, it's, it's telling just what the experience is that you had after you said no to the voice. Because I like to call them soul declarations. When we, in our soul, the truth of who we are, have a very direct experience, the soul will make a declaration. And those declarations are really important because those are, in a sense, the great signposts along the journey of the soul getting liberated from this creation of time and space. And saying no to Lucifer is a very major <laughs> one, just like Jim said. Now, it doesn't mean you're totally liberated yet. It just means you're now really beginning that total liberation because you have to declare no to Lucifer really saying, I'm not doing you anymore, I'm doing God. And now you really will do God more fully and not fear Lucifer or not give more attention to the right and wrongs of this world, but you'll rather give more attention to God. And that's the grace. Believe it or not, God's grace, it's really by God's grace that we even get to the point that whoever wrote that just experience that and once you do that well it's still all God's grace but once you do that you're a lot more involved on a soul level where you the soul now is really empowered to really keep moving more fully into God's grace because that's also a sign that you have been and now are taking greater responsibility for your choices and your actions which is what is needed to get liberated literally to get liberated and if we could only tell you what that really means to get liberated, well, we can tell you. That's what we try to do over and over and over, not only the how, but what it really is. But again, words will always fall short. It is only through your experience, and when you hear some of the experiences, you'll hopefully understand why we always say it's only through your experience. That's why it doesn't matter what we say. You don't have to believe what we say. What matters, you just do it because it's in the doing it, you'll have the experience and come to know for yourself. This is not a pathway of belief or faith or trust. This is a pathway of knowing, and we only know by having our own experience. But when you have those experiences, that's the greater knowing 
and signposts of liberation. And that's part of what Jim and I are here to do too, is to acknowledge that. Because even when you have those, I know often you may not understand what that is. And so part of our, our job, so to speak, here in our service action is to help you understand what those experiences are so you can keep just letting go and moving more and more fully now into the truth of your own experience. Good job, by the way, especially these last couple questions. <laughs> it's nice because talk about keeping the focus and questions on spiritual. That's really these last couple. Well, all of them all do. Of them have, yeah. All of them do. I don't want to diminish it. I'm just, I guess, saying these last couple really talk about the inner, I mean, in the truest sense, the inner experience. So, But we've got to do it all. We don't handle our own mental, emotional, physical stuff then we may not have or be aware of the inner experiences. But when you're really handling a lot of your responsibility with your thoughts, feelings, you know, actions, reactions, dealing with the other levels, that's how you learn the lessons and, and get clear of the karmas to really now go in and experience more of the inner truth like the last couple that we're, we're talking about here. So um, that's why I like it when people share some of these and we can talk about it so that some of us that may not have experienced these things yet um, have references that people are experiencing that. I don't want to make it sound like a testimonial, but <clears throat> rather as a reference or an example that we all can have that additions along this pathway are having experience. And I hope that serves as a motivator and an inspiration to those of us that maybe are beginning or haven't had those experiences to keep on going to eventually know that we ourselves are going to have that as well. That's really, to me, a benefit of having Q&A where we're all participating together. I know sometimes we can get jealous of somebody else having that and we don't, or we can judge ourselves for not having something and thinking others do. That's, that's part of what we do as humans. And I even like to look at that as an opportunity to learn and grow through what we do to ourselves and hearing all this information. Because ultimately I know that's gonna serve us no matter whether we come at it from a positive or a negative perspective. It's all gonna serve us. But I find it greater value that we do talk about these things so that we all have examples and reference um, to this inner spiritual pathway and that there really is a reality of these other realms and dimensions on the soul's journey, you know, through the king, kingdoms back into the heart of God. I hope you are all safe and well. I was just wondering about something. Obviously, I'm a baby on this pathway, so wanted to ask about a dream I had last night. I was, sorry, it was a reoccurring dream which I would wake myself up from, get up and move around the house to fully awaken. Then I would lie back down and fall straight back into the same dream. The dream was that that big black dogs kept coming into my house, two in the front and two via the back door. And I kept chasing them out to protect my boys and the dogs would snarl and bite at me 
clamping onto my hands whilst I was chasing them out. I would lock the doors, but the dogs kept appearing back inside the house, and the whole scenario would begin again. By the way, I had a great night's sleep. <laughs> Much love. <laughs> well, the house represents your consciousness, and the dogs represent the world trying to get in to your consciousness and, and create fear and disturbance and chaos. And it's showing you that you're doing what you can to keep the world at bay, keep it outside, and to have the house be yours and not possessed by something else. So now it's a matter of, uh, if you're really a baby on this pathway, it means now do the meditation, the meditational strengthen the doorways, so to speak, where they could come in, and it'll it'll give... Uh, a greater clarity of consciousness and loving at the center of it all so that the world can't impose on you as it might want to. Keep going. <laughs> so it's just a matter of you doing the inner work, doing the meditation, doing the loving, accepting, and forgiving, taking responsibility for your thoughts and your feelings, your actions and your reactions. And in that... Daily, you'll strengthen all of that spiritual process within yourself, and that dream will probably drop away because the negativity will stop trying to come in and impose itself on you. Also, when dreams or any inner experiences show up like this, especially if they're repetitive, it means that whatever the lesson or... I know we say the lesson a lot. Let's just say in this case, the action of what we're doing or need to do is upon us to handle now. To handle now, And that's the good news. It also says to me, even though it's fearful or scary or disturbing dreams like that can be, that it's also letting us know that whatever is currently going on right now in our life, that that lesson or opportunity of action is there for us to do. So to me that says there's current situations going on in your life, probably physically, that are reflections of the stream. So I would also say to look at not only what's going on inside of you, but to even look at physically what's going on in your life and see if there's different actions you can take to not allow that to come into your consciousness. Because often there can be physical situations that are very disturbing, that we feel are attacking, whether it's other people, or even like this coronavirus, we can see as something attacking us. Um, so it's those types of things to look at and see if there's things you can make. Like if there's somebody in your life attacking you, so to speak, and it's not serving you in any way or assisting you, maybe it's time to look at and see what actions you can take and maybe choose not to participate with those individuals, to do something else, do something different that you're going to find is more loving and supportive of yourself. There's no reason to keep participating in actions that cause harm. But that's just conditioning. That's what we were talking about earlier, what I was talking about earlier when I talked about that part of us of the animal nature and human, if you want to call it that, more man than the hue part, obviously, that 
thinks we have to suffer or be in pain and will keep repeating the same things that cause the trauma, the drama, the stress, and all. So if that's literally what you're doing, now's the time to take a look at making some different choices so you don't keep repeating that. Because often our inner experiences, especially if you are a baby on the path, are a reflection of things that are even, I should say really, the things going on in our physical life are often a reflection of the lessons we're learning in our consciousness, but it'll also reflect the other way. So there could be situations in our life that are going to reflect in our inner consciousness through the dream state like that. So in that, if you pay attention, the dreams can be giving you information or awareness of what's going on, and the more, in a sense, negative or hurtful it becomes, well, usually we won't make changes until it's painful enough. So if this is painful enough, look at what changes you can make in your life, both inwardly and outwardly. Usually I'd keep it more focused on the inner, but sometimes when the inner is very uh, more dramatic, usually there's outer circumstances that'll <coughs> reflect that as well. In my dream this week, I wake up to having been tattooed with two full arm sleeves and colorful, play f of colorful, playful, well-done art all over my arms. <laughs> I was going through the process of accepting that I am now tattooed, <laughs> and it's forever. I had moments of discomfort, but found a good feeling with the awkwardness of accepting something I didn't intentionally want and found a freedom in accepting these permanent, sweet tattoos forever. What is this all about? Well, uh, tattoos to me are kind of almost like hi hieroglyphics. If you have any idea of what the actual tit uh, tattoos were, like pictures of, that would to me give you symbols um, as reference to what it is. But even regardless of that, the very fact that it was sweet or beautiful and all, to me says it's something that is spiritual. So saying that whatever you're doing in your actions inwardly, that you're being more spiritually focused, doing your meditation, and in that, to me what the arms is saying, more than likely there's an action of service in a way that you've been giving of that spirit of loving that you've been waking up to inside of yourself. In other words, the arms are an extension of who we are. So to me, that is saying that in that extension, not only giving, but also receiving, that that which you give or that which you receive to yourself is really more an action of loving now, which to me is saying that you have really been spiritualizing your consciousness it reminds me of uh, something actually Jim shared years ago about um, what do you call that um, the the knight's armor the undercover oh, chainmail the chainmail. Remember, I used to say nothing but good can go from me and nothing but good can come to me. Mm -hmm. That's what that reminds me of um, when you say the tattoos. Nothing but good can come from me and nothing but good can come to me. And that's what I see with the arms and the tattoos is that goodness, the, the spiritualizing of whatever that is. So good for you and, and if anything, the acceptance and whatever that is feeling it's permanent, 
uh, that permanent is the good stuff because spirit is permanent. Love is eternal. And to me, that's symbolic of that you are really now waking up and living now more in both the giving and receiving of that permanent etern eternalness of spirits, of loving. And if anything, man, let your whole body get tattooed. <laughs> <laughs> but the arms are really that symbol of giving and receiving that I would I'd probably say. Is there anything more you'd add to that? No, I think the fact that you're just, it's helping you to learn how to accept and really live into that acceptance in a wonderful way and not struggle or fight with something. Thank you for your sharings today and for the sharings online. They have addressed a lot of what has been coming up for me lately. In the short meditation this morning, I saw myself walking a tightrope across two tall old buildings. It was a tightrope of light and I was afraid I was going to make a misstep. At some point, I got so tired of the strain of trying to balance on this thin line, I was going to let myself fall. It felt like a relief, and I was curious about what would happen, and then we came out of meditation. Do you have some clarity to share on this? Thank you all. To me, um that says that, to me, it says you're trying to balance something, the to tall buildings in your life, and that that tightrope of spirit, to me, says that whatever you've done in your consciousness around what you think is spiritual, that you've created too much of a limitation. I know we talk about the straight and narrow, but when you go into the straight and narrow, it's actually quite wide. <laughs> in the beginning we may see it as a tightrope or even a thread or a string of loving. And that's good because at least you're aware of the loving in your life, even if it's that. The part that, I don't want to say good or bad, is that somewhere in your belief system around what is spiritual and how to do spirit is too limited and tight. So whatever that is inside of you that you've created restriction and you're limiting of what it is to be spiritual or do spirit, and the fact that you said you just it would be a relief just to let yourself fall, great, let yourself fall. Because to me, letting yourself fall and the relief of that is saying that you're now willing to let go of whatever you think your limiting tight belief systems are around what is doing spirit. And it's a balancing act between the two buildings and this rope between the two buildings. We're not doing a balancing act here. Not at all. We're about loving and accepting everything. And with God, there's room to love and accept everything. There's no limitation or restriction. And the truth is, when you really live it in the fullness, you don't need any tightrope. You don't need anything to hold you up. God holds everything and everybody up. There's nothing to hold up, in other words. It really, God is present in all things, which means you can fly, you can levitate, you can go in and through, down or up, or any way around, because there's no limitations with God. It's not about a narrow-minded way of thinking. What is spiritual is another way of saying that is righteousness, which is what religion teaches. We are not a religious pathway. We're not a path of righteousness. We are a pathway of loving, accepting, and forgiving and just walking to God. 
and that embraces and accepts everything, loves everything, and lets go of everything because we're focused on God first and God only, but God is in everything. But in order to realize God in everything, we've got to now really now go to God in our consciousness and be one with God to know the God in everything. And that's where it seems like the straight and narrow may, in our imagination or mind construct, seem limiting, but in truth it's not. What it really is, is just learning how to focus on God and loving. And the other experience, like the purple and the white and the gold and the blue and pink light we're talking about, that's a good way to realize you're really moving towards God. But it's not limiting. It's just the focus. It's a one-pointed focus. It's tuning in to the right frequency. But the mind will make us think it's very restrictive and rigid. It's not. It's just learning how to focus. And then the clarity that comes with that. And as you focus into it, your consciousness will go into it and then expand into all things. It's just a process of how that unfolds. So I'm glad um, that you came to the realization to just let yourself fall and the relief it'll be, because it will be. And you'll find even when you really do let yourself fall, well, that's when now that's you surrendering to allow the Holy Spirit now to carry you. And that's what you'll discover as you really now let go and fall. And believe me, that's the biggest relief there is when you discover the Holy Spirit will carry you where you don't have to walk a tightrope and try to balance everything. There's no need for that. Uh, yeah, we could. I mean, I know it's 6 o'clock, three more. Let's go ahead and do it. And if if we're a little shorter in our answers, just know it's time-wise. And I know we tend to give long-winded answers, or at least I do, but <laughs> I can make it short, too. Okay. So thank you for this opportunity. And then she's a whole paragraph on how her computer froze. She meditated, <laughs> didn't come out, missed your talks. She's disappointed. However... I have a dream that I would well, like... Well, just before the dream, just know, like we said earlier, as soon as we're done with this, the recording will be instantaneously available. So as soon as we're done and shut everything off, you can go back and actually listen to our talks right away if you want after this or right. wait another day. So, and if it's not instantaneous, it'll be within 10-ish minutes. It'll yeah. take a little time for BoxCast to... Okay. Upload it, but right. um, it should happen pretty quick. Cool. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So if it's not instantaneous and you're all listening, it's not that it's not going to happen. <laughs> Check back in half an hour. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> okay. I have a dream that I would like some clarity on. I dreamt that I was trespassing and and shark hunting. Once I caught the shark, he curled around my ankles like a large dog. The police came to arrest me for illegally shark hunting. A man who in life I had just started dating came and said, I can get you out of this mess, but you will need to pay the police $2,000. That's it. I think it's showing to begin to look and see what your choices are in life. What is it you're really wanting to do that's going to serve you well? 
and not just go do something and then find out later that it isn't really serving you in the way that you thought it would. So I, I think it's, you know, look at the people, look at the situations, look at the actions, look at the reactions, all of that, and see what really is the best for you in the moment and not just do something because it's there to do. Works for me. Okay. <laughs> Recently, I have been focusing on finding where my beliefs are holding me hostage. Actually, it appears to be everywhere, and I seem to be s simply a belief, and it seems to be simply a belief system on this level. Very good. I, I just want to say very good awareness. Belief systems, no matter what they are, always withhold us and hold us back. Mm -hmm. The fact that it's a belief system means it's a mind construct. Anything of the mind construct or emotions or imagination or body always hold us back. So very good awareness. I just right off the bat, I want to acknowledge that. Okay. During a meditation, I saw this plane as though a mirror or window looking into this chaotic frenetic, fractured, and confusing illusion from an expansive place of peace, serenity, and joy slash humor. Good awareness. That To me, I'm going to answer that. I know there's more. But that's actually now getting from the soul's perspective what the mind does. So to me, the plane is representative of the soul taking flight and looking through as you look in through the spiritual eye seeing the truth of this illusion and the belief systems that you just became aware of create that limit, limitation. So very, very good awareness, just right that from that perspective. Keep going. And he says in parentheses, I take it, this is the lake of reflection slash the comic, cosmic mirror that I was peering through. Mm-hmm. This perspective slipped away. That's a yes, in case the person didn't hear when Jim oh, went. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Affirmative. <laughs> this perspective slipped away very quickly. As it often does. <laughs> this happened during a meditation where I had no attachment or feeling of urgency to do my meditation. How about that? Is there a correlation? <laughs> I was just meditating to just hang out with God. Exactly. No restrictions, no pressures, no limitations of any kind. And that's what we want to do because when you go into meditation that way, then you leave it up to God to unfold it all. And that's where you're going to have your greater awakening. And he finishes by saying, usually I seem to be efforting to meditate, though I do make mm -hmm. a point to meditate daily. Excellent. Excellent. That's a really good awareness right there. It's strange, I know, to say to not make an effort, but yet to do. That's one of my favorite quotes from Lao Tzu, talking about how to do without doing. Every. I don't even remember it now. It's been so long, but it's literally that along those lines, how to do without making an effort. And that's truly what neutrality is. It's, in other words, you're in the movement of loving. Loving, there's no effort or doing. Loving just is, but loving in that isness is always in movement. That's a statement of living in the neutrality of the river of loving that is doing you and you are doing it. It's one and the same. And that's, that's a, not only a great awareness, but that, if anything, that's a statement of 
actually what it's like to be in that. And then the awarenesses that come and it just unfolds us. And in the unfolding of us, we have the awareness, the understanding, because of the experience we have living and being in that. I wanted to, this is another question. Mm -hmm. Okay. Did you have anything else to add on that last one? No. Awesome. Is your microphone Good. on? I just turned it on. Okay, I didn't hear you. <laughs> I wasn't on. <laughs> I wanted to say thank you for the Fetzer biography. I read only the gym chapter last year <laughs> and recently read the entire book. I was amazed to discover so much of my own journey mirrored in John Fetzer's life. This was so valuable to me in confirming my life path and refreshing my sometimes lagging enthusiasm for the path of sound and light. Further, I am again profoundly grateful for this for this gift and for Jim, Brian, and Kelsey. Thank you. I, you want to make any comments? Because that, that was a nice acknowledgement for you, that book. That's why we yeah. gave it as a Christmas gift. Well, I just, I think John lived a life of an example to many people. And I, I'm glad that you saw that for yourself and can see yourself in all of that. That's wonderful. And it's a good acknowledgement of where you are now in your life because you can see it. You know that, that you've been through these things and you've come a long way. That's wonderful. And to me, one of the things that, unless you're on this pathway with us and ILM, most people won't that read that book won't understand because I know that chapter um, says John Fetzer's psychic advisor, you know, Jim Gordon. Well, yeah, Jim did do a lot of the psychic because he has that level of clairvoyance. But the way I've always known Jim and what attracted me here with him is that he's always really, truly, even through all the metaphysical psychic stuff, has always directed the soul towards God. It's always been about this path of soul liberation. And that's what John Fetzer did. Even though he may have looked at Jim more in that psychic way, like the book describes, to me, that's just a wonderful example of how God's grace can work with us, no matter what. If it looks like the psychic and metaphysical, kind of how it was somewhat represented in the book there, but also there was a nice acknowledgement of the spiritual, because ultimately that's what I know Jim was doing with John just because of my own inner experience and how he's worked with me and all of us is that sometimes even the psychic level stuff shows up because that's God's way of helping guide the soul to have its experiences, to learn its lessons, to get liberated. And that was true of John Fetzer because John Fetzer got initiated and received all the sacred names of God. And when he passed, he was liberated. Mm -hmm. I know that from my own inner experience. That's why I can say that, let alone hearing, you know, what Jim has shared over the years and what, I don't know how, how well the book represents that or not because I didn't read the rest of the chapters myself. <laughs> One of these days I'm hoping to, but I've only read the chapter on Jim as well. But John Fetzer did walk this path of initiation and received the sacred names as it was described in the book, actually, you know, even though he did it with John Roger, is really that action of service that Jim's always done, even with the blue light at the time, to assist him in, in his own liberation, just as Jim's always done, even when he didn't have the mantle of initiation, he was still doing that anyway, 
even serving whoever did hold the mantle of initiation. So that's a great that's a great testament, a great statement, and that's what is meant to be an example and yeah. and if anything, um, a great action of service. Um, how Jim was acknowledged in the book to me is just a, acknowledging the spiritual teacher um, as the minister for God and to serve the soul on its journey, you know, home to God and liberation. Thank you. And one last acknowledgement. Okay. Um, he wrote to me, it was the person that asked about not seeing anything in meditation and who decides that. So this person wrote, um, Kelsey, Jim and Brian's answer to the question I asked contained possibly the best information I've ever received about my meditation journey. Wonderful. So very helpful. Well, I'm going to cry. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Please thank them for me when time permits. I'm so fortunate to have these men and the structures of ILM to assist in the process. Love and light. Fantastic. That's wonderful. That's wonderful. Thank you. It's nice to hear that. It really is. And, you know, I mean, sometimes we give answers that disturb people and that pisses them off. And it's nice to know that Sometimes we give answers that really help people. I'm making a joke, but I'm also telling the truth. That really do help, because they're really meant to, no matter how we interpret the answers that we get um, from Jim and I and any spiritual teacher, for that matter. Because I also want to say, Kelsey does a lot of wonderful uh, counseling and classes, and so does Stephen McAfee. And I just want to give credit to them as well that... I don't care if it's me or Jim or Kelsey or Steven or anybody that Spirit has in this, you know, uh, line of action of service, the way we are serving the soul here on this path of liberation, that everything we do, um, no matter which vehicle or which one of us it's coming through, is really there to serve the soul in its journey of liberation. And, and I know it helps to have some level of clarity and understanding and so doing. And that's really all we're attempting to do here in this level and all the classes and, you know, retreats and workshops we do is for that very reason, let alone to give the opportunity to actually practice and have experience with the meditation and any exercises we do and all that. And I hope everybody really realizes that, that even sometimes when we give answers that may disturb you or get you upset. It's not that we're trying to, well, maybe we are trying to disturb you and get <laughs> you upset. My favorite line, the truth will upset you free. Well, when we get disturbed or upset, that's not a bad thing because that's helping to draw our attention to where our lessons are. And as you hear at least me say all the time, we need to really learn those lessons, not avoid them or deny them. And it's often not until we're willing to look and learn those lessons will we get our freedom. And that's why we do what we do. And I and I probably should speak more for myself because I know Jim's the Mr. Nice Guy and sometimes I can be confrontative. But even when I do, I didn't have any of that today. No. Nobody said anything to rile me up. <laughs> not really. But I, I, I want to acknowledge even like the last Q&A um, I know one of the answers I gave, I gave with a lot of energy that seemed very upsetting or as if I were very frustrated because 
sometimes I do that because I want people to know, I want to reflect back to people what's actually running in their consciousness. So when you see me give an answer in such a way that looks confrontative or upsetting or like I'm mad or irritated or frustrated with the person in their question, what I'm actually doing, it's not me who's really irritated, mad, and frustrated. What I'm actually doing is reflecting back to the person what's running in their consciousness. But you see, I know that. But the reason I'm taking the time to explain that right now is because a lot of people don't understand that that part of the teacher's job is to reflect back to the individual, the soul, whatever that is, so that they can learn their lessons. But if people don't understand that, they will often think it's me and get upset with me or Jim, because believe it or not, Jim sometimes mm -hmm. upsets people too, not nearly as often as I do, but still nonetheless, because that's part of the responsibility we have to our disciples, those that are choosing to walk this pathway of liberation, our responsibility is to really support and assist you. And sometimes that support and assistance doesn't always look peaceful. But I hope everybody can realize or begin to at least see in hearing what I'm saying that when those situations arise, like the last time, that it really is to share back with you in a way that'll get your attention that may pull up the disturbance and the reaction and the upset. Most people think that's bad, but it's not. Those disturbances and upsets are not to be ignored. They're to be looked at, and sometimes they're brought up in that way so that we really do look at them. Because that's required, is to look at things, to look, to learn, so we can focus our loving. So focusing the loving into that disturbance is what we need to do. And how can we do that if it's lying in our unconsciousness? So when that happens, it's bringing it up out of the unconscious to our consciousness. And that's an important thing to realize. No matter if we share in a way that looks peaceful and quiet or laughter and, and joy or whether it looks like it's anger and upset, all of it serves us, but we have to be open to look at it that way in order to get the benefit. And that's what I'm trying to say there and hope everybody realizes um, in all of that. So with that, um, unless there's any, is there, are we, are we good there, Kelsey? Yeah, just um, an announcement that the next class is June 14th. June 14th. Very next good. Class. Cool. Well, with that then, thank you for listening and thank you for participating. It's been another wonderful day. And for those of you that are still on, that maybe this was your first time. And I hope you had a nice experience. And if you didn't, please keep on searching. But thank you, everybody. And we look forward to seeing you next month. Goodbye. <laughs> God bless. Have fun. All right. So again, this recording will be available, including the Q&A, um, probably in a half an hour or so. So tonight or any time going forward, you'll be able to watch this class for the next month until the next class. On this page. On this page. So the video, not the audio. The, the, the video, which has the audio with it. <laughs>
<laughs> on this broadcast page. Uh, the talk will be put on the podcast as normal sometime, you know, in a few weeks. But if you want to watch and listen, go right back to the page that you're on right now and just click it and it'll replay um, all of today. So if you want to do the meditation or listen to the talks or go through the Q&A, um, you're welcome to at your leisure. All right. Thank you so much. We'll see you all next time. Good night. Good night. Goodbye. God bless. Oh, Maybe yeah. good morning. Stay safe. Stay <laughs> spiritual. <laughs> there you go. <laughs>